Welcome to Movie Left, a movie review podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Um, freezing. It's windy and snowing. Uh, the wind's coming right through the windows. It's um, it's it's crazy. Uh, living in the windy city, they tell you it's because of the politics. You know, the politicians, long-winded corrupt politicians that's why they call it the windy city that's not true uh it is literally the windiest place <laughs> in north america um on a consistent basis so yeah a uh, l- little sad today though we lost a a legend uh a guy named sid mead who is a concept artist for some of the most uh, phenomenal sci-fi films uh aliens alien blade runner tron um even though those films are all somewhat of a you know dystopian dark sci-fi world his most of his artwork he did uh, and just, you know, he was purely a futurist, just did things that were showed a future that you would want to live in. Um, just always had people, you know, social groups, outdoors, yeah. vacationing, but like in the most amazing futuristic, you know, hover vehicles. Uh, and he was doing all this stuff back in like the 50s and 60s and 70s before you could just render it on a computer. You know, he's drawn all this stuff by hand. So, uh, you know, uh, his first name. Sid, S-Y-D, Mead, like you'd spell Mead. Uh, check out his stuff. Passed away today at the age of 86. Uh, extremely influential. You look at some of the stuff he, he designed decades before anyone else was drawing stuff like this, and you're just like, how did he think up these fucking... How did he think well, like up a this, future that's amazing? This picture you sent me, which he... I'm not sure when he did it, but I assume like, you know, the 60s or 70s, that, that you know, that print you sent me. It uh, looks like the, one of the troop transports that they use in like the prequel movie. Like it's it's a really incredible visual for something that he came up yeah. with probably you know sixty years ago. Right. Yeah. And even if he didn't work directly on something, I guarantee his his work influenced uh, films like sure. Star Wars, other other graphic designers. You know, he didn't he didn't design you know H.R. Geiger designed Alien Monster for Aliens, but yeah, all, yeah, the, all the ships and vehicles and everything like this. The way he would do, he would design future tech always looked like it was functional first and elegant second you know if it mm-hmm. if it was that kind of a thing uh his, some of his concept designs for cars were just it was like like in you know thousands of years in the future rather than just hey what's a concept car 10 years in the future look like so just really really amazing stuff and always you know like i said made it made made the future look sunny and bright and inviting uh and it's just kind of weird that you know all the films he worked on were all like dark and depressing you know like blade runner type <laughs> type things but uh anyone listening has some movie? pops of color and you know like he he certainly oh, yeah. managed yeah. to you know definitely and just you know you think about like bands like daft punk where their whole aesthetic is lifted from tron and you know that that the whole idea of being a futurist uh artist really you look at some of these stuff with sid me and I, I can't believe that this was somebody who came up with these designs 40 50 years ago um just really amazing yeah, um, and you know, it, it, and that's one of the things, I know this is like way off topic, but um, one of the things that kind of annoys me about Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I generally like him and his efforts to bring scientific literacy to people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He's really pedantic about the the whole idea of like uh, oh. uh, art and, and, and fiction inspiring science to actually achieve better things and to achieve, you know, these futuristic technology and he's like no that's never happened that's never once happened where you're, you're, like he, he's just really pedantic about it and i'm like yeah but you know what dude like whether or not they, they literally put the idea into somebody's head of a concept of how to do something or not which you know you could argue that's pretty much what he's arguing it, you can't argue the fact that things like this inspire people to 
explore the sciences and to explore technologies and to explore like, you know, innovations in things like that, where, where it's like, well, maybe we can build a, you know, a high speed rail. Maybe we can build, um, you know, uh, just any, any of these kind of futuristic technologies that we've seen now that we've seen, you know, in fiction, you know, decades and decades ago, I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I just think it's really like, uh, if, if your whole idea is to try to promote scientific literacy and, uh, get people interested in science by like bringing fun aspects into it. It's just a weird move to be like, yeah, no, that's, that's not the case. Like, I don't know. It, it, it mm-hmm. totally have to, I, I just literally heard an interview or like a conversation he had with another scientist who was kind of saying what I'm saying. And he was just like vehemently disagreeing. So I just thought it was a weird, you said he gets really yeah. pedantic about things sometimes. Um, but in any event, yeah, I mean, I, I think people drawing things, things like this and, you know, artists, uh, and writers and things like that who, who, you know, come up with these, these, uh, moonshot ideas are really important because they do inspire people to grow up and actually develop practical technologies that mimic the things that they loved and amaze them from their childhood, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of the very first film roles ever made from, from was, you know, to bunch of rich people get in a giant bullet and the bullet gets shot and crashes into the moon and they all go walk around the moon and there's monsters on the moon. Uh-huh. Like that was, that was like 120 years ago. It was like 1889. I think that came, yeah. that film came Something out like that. Yeah. And I'm sure people were just like, that's not possible. There's no, there's physically no way to go to we the moon. We can't get to the moon. It's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, of course you got to dream. You got to think of things that aren't possible to inspire people to want to make them possible. Even if it's not, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't have warp drive yet, <laughs> you know, uh, but we've had, once we've mastered we, light speed jumping technology, we'll be able to get to any planet right. we want. And, you know, <laughs> logic and physics. Well, we have, we have, uh, yeah, we have, we have ion engines. We sent a satellite to a comet landed on there with an ion engine. Right. And that's, it's not, it's, you know, like that it's you, you can't accelerate very quickly and it takes a long ass <laughs> yeah. time to decelerate too. But we we've definitely made improvements in, in the technology we have. It's just, you know, uh, burning a ton of fuel <laughs> with a giant rocket still the best we got for now. For now. So, uh, yeah, for now. Um, yeah, now. So um, I guess that kind of brings us to the um, reason we're here. And we are here, of course, to review uh, Star Wars Episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, film that I <sighs> this is gonna be a tough one because uh, you know I I and people who follow me on Twitter already are, are pretty well aware of what I felt about the movie um but I but I want to like preface everything that I'm gonna say and and the review that we're gonna do by saying I love Star Wars like I'm not a Star Wars hater I'm not like a new fan who's like oh I only like the last Jedi because it you know tells the fans to fuck off and all this like I'm not that kind of I I've, I've loved Star Wars my entire life. I I my earliest memories probably are of like 4 or 5 years old watching, you know, A New Hope and I had the original like VHS box set which was before Lucas fucked with it a million times. Um I wish I still had that by the way. <laughs> Didn't know how much that thing would be worth now. Um yeah. Yeah, and just for, for both like visual entertainment wise and actually what you probably could sell it for on eBay. Um but and, you know, and again, I've you know, I'm not just casual fan. I've read a, a ton of Star Wars novels. I, uh, I I really enjoyed uh, Force Awakens. You know, I there I had issues with it. I thought it was basically an extremely safe movie. It was 
you know, basically a remake of the new Ho- of a new hope. Um, but I still enjoyed a lot of it. it you know, especially the new characters introduced, uh, especially Ring and Kylo, who I think both you know absolutely killed it in all three of these movies. Um, and I'm of course I've been very vocal about absolutely loving the chance uh, the choices that Ryan Johnson made and the chances he took with the Last Jedi and really subverting expectations, not just to subvert them, but in a way to enhance the story and actually tell an interesting character story about Luke Skywalker and about all these other characters. Um, So I say all that to say, um, I, when this movie's trailer came out, I I think I even texted you the day it came out. I was like, holy shit, this looks really fucking good. Like, you know, the trailer was really well done. They had that awesome shot with where Ray jumps over, uh, the the uh tie fighter and like you know in this insane like backflip like it, it was it was just a really cool thing um cool shot you know the just great music that incredible like uh fanfare that they 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 really played up in the um in the in the first trailer i think we we figured out that they raised it and they changed they the, changed the key yeah they in. changed it from like a the key of the the and that that music's not even in the film that was just, just for on the trailer, the, trailer yeah. the guy who who did that and but it was still just it was like okay this is gonna this is gonna be you know what we're gonna we're gonna get the most star wars ever yeah well we did we definitely did and get the most star wars ever i can't we absolutely did <laughs> <laughs> we, we got the most star wars possible uh, and, and I, I, you know, I, I said last week when you were kind of going on a bit of a rant um, about the film, you know, I hadn't seen it yet at that point. I have now. Uh, but I really wanted to go in there with without any expectation, mm-hmm. without any prejudgment, because I know how easily it is to have that. And if you don't get what you expect, even if it's good, you still feel like it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. It just didn't deliver what what you had in mind. So I try to go into it like anything else and be like, look. I know there's going to be fucking explosions and fucking laser swords and it's going to do all these things. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, there's going to be fan service and callbacks and fucking you know, all that shit. Right. But for me, the fan service that I needed from it was to make these character arcs meaningful in ways they hadn't gotten to yet. And, and they shouldn't have gotten to yet. Right. Because they're they're still, you know, figuring those things out. But I think with, you know, our, our, our fear my fear was that with with you know switching up the directors and seemingly like going in a different direction uh and then trying to reverse course on some things i was like is this really going to be a mess right and i you know i i I, people had said oh well they're just you know if you liked uh, last jedi you're gonna hate this movie if you loved last jedi you're you're gonna or just like vice versa like there was no way you could hate both uh, or like both, it was going to be one or the other based on what you, you know, what your it was. It was a, was it was a narrative that they built. Like you, you're either Team Ryan or Team JJ, which I was really trying hard not to fall right. into. But yes, sure, sure. And, and I think that you know, with with anything, you know, if you don't have it planned out well enough, there's the risk of things really going off the rails, and then people being really disappointed. Uh, and I think there's there's maybe for different reasons, maybe for some of the similar reasons, people we're disappointed by both films for, for, for some of those mm-hmm. things. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, you clearly had a different impression from the film co- going to see it than you expected to have go, you know, when you, when you, uh, were very excited yeah. about it. Uh, I tried to kind of manage my expectations a bit more and I don't know necessarily because of that, you know, itself or just because I found this, this film, 
Rise of Skywalker to be a lot more satisfying than than I, you know, took from from your read on it. But I actually thought I thought it out of out of the three of them, the new ones, this was the best one. Really, hands hands wow. down. Okay, yeah. Uh, and that's why I didn't want to tell you anything because I really wanted us to have an honest <laughs> yeah, discussion okay. and what we really think, and not not kind of cater to each other's opinion more and i think we can you know by the end of this discussion we'll we'll probably see more of each other's point of view but i didn't want to do any of that prior to uh to yeah. this so anthony actually messaged me uh, the night that i uh, went and saw it i got to the theater there's a message saying what'd you think and i was just like god i don't want to say <laughs> <laughs> so, i just i i really um and- you know I, I i think there was there was less of a disconnect between the two different directors than we were led to believe i think it was there was more consistency there uh, mm. than, than some people will maybe admit. And I, I want to explore. Yeah, that too, we'll, we'll definitely explore that. And I'll, I'll, I'll dispute that in certain points, especially with certain plot points. But I, I but sure. lo- and again, uh, you know, anyone who's listening to this, who enjoyed the movie, I don't want like you to think you're you, like that. I'm judging you for not for liking the movie or, or that I, you know, I, I, I'm happy for you. If you can like this movie, I wanted to like this movie. I fucking love star Wars. Like I, I wanted nothing more than to go in and be satisfied. I would have been satisfied with uh, the fa- the feeling I left Force Awakens with, which was, you know, man, I'm so happy Star Wars is back and it's not as bad as the prequels. Like that was my that was my feeling leaving Force Awakens. Like you know, and, and again, I'm, and again, this is better than the prequels. Like no, no, I, I'm not saying this is the worst Star Wars. I did make a joke tweet where I ranked this below the Star Wars holiday special on my ranking of uh, uh, Star Wars films today, but it was. I was joking. I, I still rank this ahead of uh, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, um, probably behind Revenge of the Sith because I actually think that movie has some redeeming, like you know, good good stuff in it. But it, it's I don't know. It's probably one. But in any event, um, I, I wanted to enjoy this movie and I just I just couldn't. I, I you know I was in the I was in the theater on Christmas Eve. You know I really I, I love that whole kind of like Star Wars comes out on Christmas. Like I love the whole built-in experience around it um and uh you know I, I was in the chair and the fucking the fanfare hits the opening you know the opening crawl everything and i'm like all right i'm fucking in i'm like you know I, all the all my reservations all the reviews i read i was like all right whatever you know what fuck it blank clean slate i'm gonna i'm gonna like this movie uh you know i anytime you see that opening crawl you get right into the moment especially when it's a new movie you haven't seen and immediately from the opening crawl <laughs> they just my my heart started to slowly sink and i don't think it ever fully got back to like a steady heartbeat like i there were moments where i was like oh that was great and there were things from this movie i did love but i just there was so much that was just so deliberately i don't know if petty is the word because i don't know for a fact that it was done to be like fuck you ryan johnson uh in in disservice of actually making a good film but I, so many things felt so unnecessary that it was like it, it you you wait uh, well all right we'll we'll get to specific plot points but the, the number one right off the bat uh, the whole idea that Palpatine's back we don't see him come back we don't hear anything about him coming back it's literally in the opening crawl is the dead speak you know uh, radio transmission blah blah, blah right. which wasn't even in the fucking movie apparently this radio transmission was broadcast in Fortnite which is a, a game for fucking zoomers. Apparently I'm super old. And, like, I know what it is, but I've never you know played it, but like, that's, that, that's where mm-hmm. the big like reveal of this character who has no business. So, and again, 
very thing I loved about this movie, to me, it's unforgivable sin is that it 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 it's so reliant on fan service. There is no fucking reason to bring Emperor Palpatine back, and to bring him back completely undoes the fucking whole sacrifice of Anakin Skywalker, who this whole saga is supposed to be about. Like the whole idea is that he, you know, he he finally th- he 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 realizes that it's not too late for him to to save his to save his son and to save the galaxy you know he, he knows it's too late for himself but he he decides in that moment sure. of self-sacrifice to throw the emperor down the thing and restore balance to the force which was the whole fucking idea of the entire star Wars, the skywalker saga and this movie is like yeah just kidding sure well he did he did save his no, son he, he, he totally did yeah. to save his son but you know, if, if if everything was perfectly balanced forevermore, why would we have another conflict in any more movies? No, but but, you, you know, but like, the, like the first two be, movies had conflict without Palpatine. That... Like I just don't know. What, it just felt so sure. unnecessary to me. And and but again, and I still would have been like, fine, I'll accept it if they gave any explanation as to why he's back and how he would have either survived or been cloned like and again i think that would have been stupid but i I would have accepted like oh no he just has this contingency plan it's it's something they've explored in the comics and the eu it's like oh well he has a contingency plan and he has a bunch of emperor clones so he because he's his he's obsessed with living forever which is you know established they talk about that in the prequels about darth plagueis and all this shit mastering death well they 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 show this you know this creepy fucking almost pitch black laboratory and you see these tanks with you know seemingly clones Snoke, of yeah. uh, of Snoke or rejected clones and you see there's like a staff of people there so clearly like it's being you know it, it, it the de- the details don't really matter and I don't give a shit like why he's back whether they you know whatever it was because you know his his appearance in the in the in uh, you know Return of the Jedi was never explained either it was just he's just here and he's evil. And he's the, you know, he's the, he's, he's the, the, the final boss who was never even, you know, really. It was barely briefly, in, the, in the original trilogy. You see like a hologram. He's of barely yeah, at all. Yeah. The so there was, trilogy, yeah. this is, um, somebody did a little cartoon. It was like, what if Return of the Jedi was released in the year 2018? And it's this like uber nerd sitting by a computer, you know, uh, ranting about it. And he's like, uh, the, uh, the, the movie never addresses the emperor's backstory or even his actual name. What a ripoff. Uh, so wait, Leia is Luke's sister. It's like, they're just making this up as they go along. Um, Oh, so Jabba, a person who enslaves women gets killed by a woman, such blatant SJW feminist propaganda. (laughs) So it's just, I mean, it's, it's a great little kind of like, you know, kind of basically saying like, you know, lighten up people. And also it like the internet fandom is just, it's so, uh, hypercritical of things that were, you know, seemingly not really any different than the films they grew up with that they love, uh, at least as far as the way they delivered new information or, or characters found yeah. things out in the moment. Well, and, and that's fair. But again, I, I want, when I go into a movie and, you know, maybe some people don't, don't approach Star Wars this way, but I want, I, I, I want I want people making these movies to strive for something better. Like the, the original movies are good. And Empire, you know, at times is great. And, and, I, and, I, and I love those movies and I love the experience that I've had growing up with those movies. But they're not like Oscar winning screenplays. Like they're not, you know, they're not amazing films. They're not high art. They're just they're really fun movies. And um, if that's all, you know, J.J. or anyone who makes a Star Wars thing aspires to do, that's fine. But 
to me, it's like I, I really appreciated what Ryan did with the last movie in trying to explore more adult and uh, themes, more poignant themes. And I appreciate what they did with Rogue One, trying to make it a more adult uh, film, you know, right. without making it a fucking stupid pander fest to, to people who like I, I just felt like so much of this movie <clears throat> was catering to the fucking right wing MAGA idiots online who fucking hate everything. Not even just last Jedi, but hated force awakens too. Cause they made, Oh, they made Ray too powerful. And she's a Mary Sue. And Oh, Rose, she's such a fucking unnecessary character. And it's just some SJW bullshit. And everything that they complained about, about the first two movies, I feel like this movie to an extent kind of catered to like, it almost like coddled those people. And it's like, is that really the message we want to send? Yeah, I, I thought I thought that that could be the case, and after watching it, I don't agree with that. You don't think that's the case I, I with Rose? Really I mean, Rose literally had a minute and fifteen seconds of screen time. A character that was a main character in that last movie, and not only that, yeah. And and sometimes you have a character that has a great arc, and then in a subsequent film, their arc's already kind of done, and they don't have a lot to do. But, so you don't need to. But could she focus not have done a, a, Dominic you know, Monaghan's third tier, like Dominic Monaghan, literally? And this came out today, which I, it fucking enraged me even more. Dominic Monaghan, who people know as Charlie from, you know, I love him. No, no, no disrespect to him. You know, not Penny's boat. Loved all that shit. But uh, he won his role because of a, a, a bet on a soccer game with J.J. Abrams. And he's like given a ton mm. of fucking expository dialogue on the rebel base where fucking Rose is right there with no lines. This character, again, it was a it's just sure. I, it felt like such an. It felt so deliberate to me that it was like, like, really? Like, this character who... And they even ask her, like, hey, you want to come with us? And she's like, no, I got to stay on the bait. The whole the whole idea that George Lucas talks about with Star Wars is, you know, the hero's journey and the call to adventure, which is such a integral part of Joseph Campbell's, you know, hero's journey. And it's like, it, you, you, your whole idea for this character who was, you know, for better or worse, like a very important part of the last movie is to have her one scene be her rejecting the call to adventure for what? Like she has no important, she served no important function in the movie. So like you could have just had her on the millennium Falcon with fucking uh, Finn and Poe and like that big alien who nobody's even fucking seen before. Like, why couldn't that have been her? Like it's, it it just felt like a deliberate. Well, she would have had even less screen time if that was the case. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, it, it's it, that didn't bother me because the character d- seemed somewhat to to not have a whole lot of purpose in the last film, too. You know, and it's not that there shouldn't be representation, but you know what what was her? You know, the, one of the, one of the big reasons why Harrison Ford didn't want to be in these films because he said, "Well, what's the utility of my character being there? What's the, the purpose of it?" Right? If you just want me to. Yeah, in the new movies. He's like, kill me off because I don't really have a function. <laughs> he wanted to right? be killed like, off an empire. He, he wanted to be killed off for years. From <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. But he, that's his uh-huh. big thing. Is like, if you can give me a good reason why my character should be in this movie, I'll do it. If you can't, I don't want to do it. Because otherwise, like, it's, it's just masturbatory, right? So if you have a character that you know fans, a lot of fans didn't like and didn't really have a utility, uh, then... You know, devote screen time to the characters whose arcs were really invested in, like Dominic right? Monaghan. Nothing wrong like, with who was never a cat. I don't even know. I don't even the, remember who that was. The Lord of the Rings honestly. guy. I, I was so not. Oh yeah, I whatever. I, I didn't pay I, attention it, it, to any it, of the they, stuff. They, they went out of their anyway. way to create <laughs> characters on the Rebel base to do exposition. And again, it's like 
if you're mm. going to sideline her on the rebel base, which whatever, fine. You don't want to have her included in the main trio, whatever. That's fine. Why don't you just give those lines to her? Like, it just seems so, it seems so purposeful. Like if it had been like, Oh, well she doesn't come with them, but she's like the integral part of this, this, you know, rebel base uh, leadership group or what engineer, whatever it is. And she's like, you know, the one giving all this info. That's fine. Like I, I, I'd be like, all right, well, you know, whatever. I mean that she wasn't, you know, a super adventurer, even though she did kind of, you know, she was involved in the battles in the last movie, but I, it just seemed like such an unnecessary, like, fuck you to that character that I, I... yeah, there's, there's bigger things to, to oh, focus sure, on. Sure. Honestly, I don't care that much about her character. Uh, I, you know, I, I thought like what fans did to, to the actor was awful, you know, like that kind of, that, that toxicity is, is terrible, but you know, ultimately, if you're going to make a if you're going to make a movie, you know, I mean, what was it? Fucking Tim Ross entire character was cut out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. So sometimes you just get there and you're like, you know what? This, you know, we we were in the editing room uh, and we we need to focus more on these characters to make this work. You know, and some of that's writing, but some of that's editing, too, where you just you don't need to focus on that one. No, much. And, and that's possible. Although, I mean, it did just feel like they just didn't write anything for her. But I mean, I, again, you know. Who knows? They did the same thing with Jar Jar Banks. They too. They pretty much wrote him out of those movies. Yeah, but that was a justified like, like this is a stupid the character. Fuck? Not like uh, we don't like her because she's a woman and she's being given way too much screen. To, like that's a much different. I, I think. I think people who didn't like Jar Jar, like first of all, nobody should bully any actor on social media. And the people who made you know the actor who plays Jar Jar Banks like you know suicidal are fucking assholes and shouldn't be allowed in polite society. But. That character was universally agreed upon as awful and, you know, just made to make, you know, seven year olds laugh in that movie. So, like, I, I totally understand, like, which they which, didn't. No, no, I, I <laughs> no seven year old. like that I, I could I could either. tell you from personal experience that my 11 year old self uh, when that movie came out, 99, uh, did not fucking laugh at anything that Jar Jar Binks said or did. Um but but no, I, I, well, I'll tell you, I had to I had to get really fucking high the first time I watched uh, that movie when I was about nineteen, I think, to not notice how terrible it was. <laughs> and it's not like I, I I heard it was bad and then thought I better go get high. It was just I was just always high mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, so I went and saw it. I was like, that was fucking amazing. And then I saw it not high, and I was like, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> So there's there's you know we want to talk about biases your you know your 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 level of inebriation can be a big bias when you're going into yeah watch a big uh epic so and again so basically what i want to do is kind of because i I, i'm having trouble keeping the plot of this movie in my brain because again there's six thousand different MacGuffins in this movie that that are all uh leading to this one kind of convoluted rehash of return of the Jedi. Uh, but I'm going to, what I'm going to do basically is just read through the Wikipedia plot summary. And I think we can kind of talk about each kind of major beat from it. Uh, before I get into that, though, I do want to talk about sure. the biggest retcon from the last movie. And, you know, people can argue about whether it's a retcon or not. Uh, and, and, and this I think is, and you could defend this if you want. I think this is fucking indefensible and it speaks to JJ Abrams sure. privilege is to turn Ray from, you know, Ray, Ray from nowhere into Ray fucking Palpatine, where, you know, the greatest thing that this franchise, that this sequel trilogy has done is give us a main character to focus on 
who's not fucking related to somebody who's just like, I'm a nobody. I'm a poor uh, scavenger, but I, but, but, but anybody can rise up and become the hero. Anybody can be the hero. Um, and you know, they even had like uh, in, in, you know, Disney parks, they have like people dressed as all these characters, you know, walking around and shit. And someone pointed out that mm. like uh, the, the line that they gave the Ray to, to say, like, you know, the, the, the woman dressed up as Ray in the park was like, if any like young girl came up and said, Hey, uh, like, w- like what's your last name? Uh, and, and like Ray's line was like, I used to be Ray from nowhere and I'm Ray from the resistance. And like, to me, that's such a great, powerful message to send to send to people like in, in, a, in a story is like you don't need to be a fucking member of a royal bloodline to, to be significant and important to the universe. You just need to be somebody sure. who is uh, cap- you know, who, who's willing to, to take the risks to, to take that, you know, that hero's journey. And you could be something great. You can be the greatest Jedi the world's ever seen. Um, and to just lazily just be like, no, she has to be somebody. Well, I guess maybe she can't be a Skywalker. Uh, we'll just make her Palpatine. Fuck it. And I, to me, I, that just felt like such a unnecessary. And, and again, that's I'm sure that's where JJ intended from the initial one. But that was the biggest uh, storytelling gift that Ryan Johnson gave him in the second movie is just be like, no, just think sure. about this and just fucking do something, you know. <clears throat> inspiring well I, and i would say that that's also a big theme of rogue one yes, solo is 100%. that you, these are these are just regular people right uh or even just you know at the end of of, of last jedi the little kid with the mm-hmm. broom is like oh he's got force powers too you know and he's looking up at the stars and everything right so yeah i agree that that that's that that obsession with like well, who are her parents was dumb and i liked the idea of you know in, in last jedi Ray goes down to that fucking underwater cave and she's having this vision and she wants to see her parents, but instead she sees her own reflection. We kind of thought like, well, maybe she's a clone because they showed like, you know, the, like the, the thousands of her lined yeah. up snapping at all echoes and all that kind of stuff. So we thought that, that that could be, that was my, my pet theory was that she was a clone. Uh, and that the, the, the Sith Ray was actually like another version of her. She no, was, was way stupid. Fight, and that. that would be like a major plot point. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of a throwaway. It was, it was a and, fake out for the trailer, you know, but whatever, hey, you know, it's fine. It, it, it was. It was. Um, I, I like some of the other clips they released um, because they, uh, you know, out of context, it's kind of just like, whoa, look at that. And then like later on in the film, the way it's in context, it's like, oh, the stakes of this are much higher than they than you really realized. Or, uh, you know, in the case of, of um, you know, C-3PO, the stakes are they play this really emotional moment in the trailer in the trailer and i and i was like there's no like i i just thought that was gonna be really cornball and i love that the way it actually is in the movie uh is a completely comedic moment and i want to talk more about that once we yeah. get to it but I, I that was one of the moments that i loved the thing with with you know uh, you know the double red lightsaber that was just like oh she's that 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 was just you know, like a jump yeah, scare, yeah, basically, yeah. was all that was. So they didn't really add any value. I, um, I, I wish they hadn't really so many clips like that. But it, back back to the back yeah, to, well, you know, the, the topic yeah, yeah. here though. Them them, you know, I, I think with trying to get away from that uh, bit of a trope, um, I was fine with that. But then ultimately, kind of coming back to it and like, no, you can't get away from who you really are, and who you really are is the you know granddaughter of this fucker. And then it becomes like, okay, well, are you going to succumb to that or are you going to defy that? 
right? Are you going to, you know, and then it's, it's like, you know, emotionally that's her struggle in the film. And then physically it's like, well, I have to, you know, if I try to kill him, he'll just become me. If I don't kill him, he'll just kill me. Right. And then, so it's kind of like, how do you, how do you get around that in those, in you know, the final, final minutes or final moments of that. So I didn't mind that. I didn't think it was like, Oh, we are going to get away from it and then reverse course and come back to it. I don't, I don't know if they necessarily were really, you know, JJ and Ryan Johnson were necessarily at odds with that. I like that, you know, at first they can't, they made it seem like, Oh, you know, they were nobody. They were nobody. And then she says, well, you lied to me. It's like, well, not really. Cause they were nobody. They, but that was by choice. They were trying to hide who you were from, you know, their, you know, I mean, your grandfather to protect you. To me, that that was consistent with the whole idea of hiding Luke and Leia. Like that, that seemed very consistent to me. I didn't. I, mind I that think at they all. did. They made a plausible effort to write around it, but there's no question to me that that was not Ryan Johnson's intention, and that was definitely JJ's intention. Like from the start to make her uh, of of a of a lineage. And <clears throat> again, it's like you know. This a lot of this. I think the issue a lot of this falls on on the Disney and the people behind this trilogy not giving this to one filmmaker and saying, "Look, we want you to tell your story. We want you to have ideas about what you're right. going to do in each of these movies." Um, and you know, and bringing and and if you were going to bring different directors in, say, "Like, look, this is the basic story we want you to tell." And, you know, if you want to come on, then that's great. Then if, and if not, then, you know, th- that's fine too, but we need to find. Sure. And, and I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I agree with that. And, and how much there was a tug of war back and forth is, is still speculative because we, you know, we're not in those meetings. I think the end result is really all I can comment on. And I'm, I'm, if they really did have a different vision that we're at odds with each other, I'm, I'm fine with both because the end result works for me. Uh, the idea that it, it doesn't matter, but then, you know, in a way it does, but can you overcome it? You know, can you bury the past in a way that's, that's satisfying and not because someone else told you to, cause they're trying to, you know, avoid guilt for killing their dad. Um, and then can you grow beyond that? Can you grow beyond all these other lessons of people who, you know, it, well, one of the people said, Oh, well this, you know, she, she chucks her lightsaber and then Luke, you know, force ghost loose catches it. And that like totally, undoes what was you know done in the last film i i don't agree with that either you know because he basically it was it was mostly the line that he he said like oh a jedi's light weapon deserves more it it did feel a little like a dig but it also i i could have bought that like if that was in a movie that was written by then this is again i think to the perspective of the narrative around the movie if ryan johnson had written that into the third movie if he was writing it and wrote that line in like a jedi's weapon deserves more respect than that You'd be like, oh, it's just a funny in joke that he's making because he, when he, you know, first got it, he threw it away, and now he's kind of, you know, uh, mocking her, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I, but and again, I don't have as big of an issue with that because the whole journey that Luke took in the second movie was that he was this hermit on an island who was determined to throw the Jedi away, and Ray right. inspired him to realize that the Jedi doesn't have to die; it has to evolve. Like it just, it, it can't be what it was. And sure. He's, well, you know, and also. <laughs> You know, when he when he goes to burn the books, uh, you know, uh, Yoda does it for him after he changes his mind. He's, and he totally mocks him in that right. moment, too. And he's like, it's OK to be wrong about things, you know. So I feel like that was no, consistent with, with that, what Johnson yeah. did in, uh, with, with that. And we got to I mean, I, I love that we got to see, uh, you know, in, in Johnson's film, like the the goofy. Oh, the Empire Strikes Yoda. Back, I, I, Yoda. I was so happy about that. Which, which, I was like one of my. 
Which is a puppet, but just his, his whole, his, his, like, people forget how much Yoda was just like this complete yeah, yeah. clown. Yeah, <laughs> until he finally gets serious. Once Luke gets serious, he's just like breaking all this shit and eating his food and, you know, stabbing R2 with his little, you know, his walking cane. He's like, a, he's, he's basically like just Kermit the Frog yeah. mixed with Fonz. He even the whacks Luke with the you know? cane in the last year. I loved so. it. I just, I, I love, but, yeah. but then again, when he doles out wisdom, it's incredibly profound and like, Oh, like it, I, I thought that was a really good job of capturing uh, the the you know the Yoda from Empire Strikes right. Back. Um, but no, but no, no, and I didn't have as big of an issue with that scene. I think well, I don't want to jump ahead, but I have a huge issue with with uh, Kylo's big reunion with uh, with Han. But we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but yeah, let's hold on to that one because yeah, 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 all yeah. we do is just argue about everything we disagree with. We're gonna be. Yeah, we'll never get through the plot. So let's uh, going for three, yeah. three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, and we have we have plenty of plot MacGuffin to get through in the first half of this movie. And I and I will say at, at top, the first half of this movie I thought was just a, an absolute fucking slog with exposition. But I really enjoyed large parts of the second half, even if I didn't feel like certain scenes were earned. I think a lot of it really was well done, and like you know, I'll, I'll praise certain where where it's due on on a lot of stuff in the movie. Um. All right, so uh, following the threat of revenge by the late Emperor Palpatine, Kylo Ren uh, forcefully obtains a Sith Wayfinder device leading him to the uncharted planet Exegol. Um, So, you know, again, he uh, the first the the movie opens differently than all the other Star Wars, which I'm fine with, Uh, you know, opens with a montage instead of a space battle. Uh, We see Kylo Ren zipping back and forth to like four planets looking for this uh, Wayfinder, um, which is plot MacGuffin number one. Um, and it's the Tesseract yeah. from fucking from from four. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> they just made it a triangle. <laughs> and he goes cube. to Mustafar, which uh, was cool. I mean, I you, they didn't tell us that it was Mustafar. We found out from the visual dictionary, which was something else we'll get to later, because there's one inexcusable entry in the in the visual dictionary, which I have to assume was written with JJ and Chris Terrio, because there's a lot of stuff that explains decisions in that movie. Uh that it wasn't you know on screen um which again and again i'm fine with because star wars does that all the time you know there's there's shit explained in the eu or in uh, you know additional materials that aren't on screen um i you know i mean movies should stand on their own but i i'm fine with that it's kind of pre-established in star wars that that's a thing um but he goes to musafar it's a little weird that he doesn't go to vader's castle like you think somebody who's such a vader fanboy would go to vader's castle but whatever uh so he gets the he gets the wayfinder um and he it leads him to this uncharted planet uh, Exegol. So there he finds Palpatine, who reveals that he created Snoke as a puppet to control the First Order and lure Kylo to the dark side. Uh, Palpatine unveils a secret armada of Star Destroyers and tells Kylo to find and kill Rey, uh, who is continuing her Jedi training under Resistance leader Leia Organa. So um, that scene, you know, uh, to introduce Palpatine, um, you know, Palpatine on a crane, uh, again, he reveals he has this fleet of star destroyers, which all have a death star weapon on them, which begs the question, like, did you have this the entire, the entirety of the original trilogy or was this built after? That's a pretty fucking massive fleet to build with a bunch of clones that you theoretically just grew in a lab or these weird Sith, sure. whatever they Sith monks. Uh, that seems like a pretty, pretty hefty construction job. And, and also I, I just, God, like guys, do we really have to do another Death Star? But instead, it's 
a thousand Death Stars and they're all mobile now on the Star Destroyer. Like, I Pretty just, much. I, I hate, yeah, yeah. I mean, just the I staffing, just the the staffing killing. alone. Like, this is a plan. Yeah, where'd you get they, all the troops for this fucking... <laughs> <laughs> what I did that nobody like... can get to. Nobody can get to without this insane fucking wayfinder exactly, yet. Exactly. And then as soon as they, you know, even though no one's ever been to this planet before, they, you know, it's a legendary. As soon as they get there, they're like, oh, we know all the atmospheric conditions. They can't take off without help. Uh, from these like radio towers, <laughs> like oh, how did you know that already? You've never been here before. Like, uh, all right, whatever. We we got to. He's got to have a. It's got to have an Achilles heel somewhere. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, one I, thing I, I liked don't... though was yeah. was that you know Kylo was like, well, I'm here to kill you, and I liked in the crawl that they they said, well, he. Uh, you know, he's looking for the Emperor to kill him because he wants no challenge. He's a threat to his, to his power. Yeah. Which I thought, like, okay, that I would I would like to have seen more of that instead that. of just five minutes later they're on the same team now. Like, even if he's, uh-huh. his his intention isn't legitimate, he's not really working for him. Which he says, um, I would like to have seen more of like a, you know, here's two huge rival uh, dark side factions going against each other for a while. But okay, well, whatever. That's there the are, thing. Kylo was never a Sith. Well, so be it. Kylo and Snoke. Well, I mean, I guess that's it's retcon that Snoke was a Sith, but. Kylo and Snoke were never Sith, and that was like made pretty explicit right. in the in the original two movies. So like, well, the idea when they have the board different... meeting, when they have the board meeting <laughs> and they comment on the mask, I love that there's, there's there's like mostly men and one black one is like I I like the mask. It's it's like because there was like some doubt as to what, like what he's doing with the mask all glued together again. She's like I yeah. like it, I like it. I was just like I I love that line because it kind of no. It was, uh, some of the humor in this was really good. That the stuff with Hux later is really funny. Like. I'm the spy. I'm the spy. Like I, you know, I I like that stuff. It worked for me. But Um, but I love that that you know. Of course, like if you were if you were smart, you would never contradict the you know your your boss and say I don't really know about these Sith people. They seem like a death cult, Uh, which of course he's right about. He's right that the actual Sith. Definitely really, are. really are a cult, but hey, they built us a thousand free ships, so we maybe you know there's a little bit of a give and take here. Um, but then, of course, I was like, oh, he's going to get force choked and also slammed on the ceiling. And I'm like, okay, I saw that coming. Check that off the list, right? So, uh, but but at least there was a little bit of setup of contention. Like, you know, we where where did he get all these ships? Like, they're, even they're a little perplexed as to who, like, you know, how long ago these ships were built for them as a gift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, and again, that's not really explained, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah. And, and just to give it the movie praise, though, I, everything that I'm driver does in this movie is phenomenal. Like, I think he's the best part of this trilogy, um, which is why the decision to kill him at the end, a little, I mean, we'll, I don't want to jump ahead. We'll get to that. But um, I, I think he, he's incredible in this movie. Uh, even when he's kind of given clunky stuff to work with, I think he elevates it because he's a phenomenal actor. Um, and I love the, 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 the intensity he brings to that character uh and and the different the multifaceted nature of that character especially with the way the way we see him at the end of the film i think just just the little subtle choices he makes are are just incredible in in conveying his 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 inner conflict you know and his his inner struggle to not be seen as this weak child and be seen as the the heir apparent to Darth yeah, I got Vader, a, I got a few of those uh i got a few of those acting choices to to share with you later on once we get there but um, for me, the He's character in the last never scene. I mean, really, I never cared about the character one way or the other until this movie. Uh, and I, you know, part of that is like, is he going to redeem himself? And will that redemption be seem plausible? And will it carry emotional weight where I will care when it happens? That was what was what was crucial, uh, critical for me. 
Uh, and I, I think he, he did do that very well. Right. And we'll, we'll, I guess, talk about that. Once yeah. we get there. No. And I, and I think that was actually the best thing about the thing, because I think, you know, that's something that JJ set up in the force awakens. I actually love his performance in all three movies. I think, you know, the stuff in force awakens with him and Han, especially on the bridge, like when he, when he kills him, I think that's just incredible work from both of them. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of his conflict in the last Jedi with, with wrestling with that and wrestling with his, you know, the decision that like, I, I love that line in the last Jedi where it's like, you know, that, and the, uh, decision you know split your soul in two and like just him, him constantly struggling that movie where he won't kill his mom when he has her and you know in his sights with the in the in the uh tie fighter like I, I like a lot of the stuff they did with him in all three of these movies and i think this was a pretty good logical conclusion you know for the most part to him um but yeah let's keep going through the plot so mm-hmm. uh where are we palpatine unveiled the city um Finn and Poe uh, deliver intel from a spy that Palpatine is on Exegol. That's where they get the info from that 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 hammerhead shark looking alien guy, <laughs> right? Where they where he gives them the thing, and then they're yeah. And, and know, this was the, again like another check off the list of like, oh, it's got to you know we got to fly the Falcon through like a narrow have a Falcon, thing. yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't do anything for me, right? Because we've seen no, that all it, a million times. There's no emotional beats to it. It's just okay. We got that out of the way, right? You know they're not going to fucking not make it. Obviously they're going to make it. Like it's just it, to sure. me it was just time filler and like oh look at this cool shit. But whatever. And and then the lights speed skipping, which you know I'm sure they thought oh this is super cool um makes no sense in the context of everything we know about star wars because every time like the reason they can't jump to hype to light speed without calculating precise things and they make a really explicit point of saying this in the original trilogy is like you need to have very specific precise coordinates otherwise you're going to end up you know inside crashing into an asteroid or inside of a, a space station like you know like there's it, it's the whole idea of like even like time travel, you need to know both time and space where you're going to go. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in a fucking wall. Right. Like it's really. But so now I mean, you can it was, just push a button and then just like hit the brakes, you know, in the atmosphere, you know, in the middle of a of a bunch of trees or buildings, and you know, it's it's just the, felt very video game to, to me. It was you don't have to calculate well, anything anymore. You can just fucking do whatever. So yeah, uh, and, and then also the like fact that, that like all the all the tie fighters like completely match them every time. Follow <laughs> them. Like, follow them completely yeah. through hyperspace skipping, which means that there's no such thing as escape with hyperspace anymore which is an entire that's a huge tenet of the star wars fucking yeah. film canon and it was oh, well. it was the the literal point of the last movie was that the uh first order figured out a way to follow their ships through hyperspace using the star destroyer and it was like still like a really big like oh shit how are we gonna you know not every fucking TIE fighter like like that's preposterous. It makes it, it gives whatever. I mean, so uh, yeah. I, again, and it's the end of this, this saga. So maybe it won't even factor in, but I'm sure they're going to make a semi sequel to this where it will factor in. So, um, uh, uh Finn Poe deliver Intel from a spy. Uh, Ray has learned that Luke Skywalker, uh, his notes, uh, that a Sith white wayfinder can lead, uh, them there. Um, so he finds in in the note. So in the la, you know at the end of the last Jedi, we see that uh, the books didn't actually burn in the tree. Uh, they they do make a point of really slyly kind of showing uh, all the books in a drawer on the Millennium Falcon when Ray goes in there to like <laughs> grab something, right? Um, and um, but but Luke said that he never touched those texts. So, I mean, whatever. That's another sort of thing. But apparently, he has notes in there. Um, and uh, it notes that a Sith Wayfinder can lead them there. So 
Uh, Leia reveals that an ally on Pasana may be able to help. Uh, Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, BB-8, and C-3PO depart in the Millennium Falcon. And that's, of course, the scene where they're like, hey, Rose, you want to come with us? And she's like, nah, nah, I got to stay here. Nah, <laughs> fans are going to like it if I join you on this adventure. So bunch of bunch of chuds are going to get really upset if I'm if I'm with the people yeah. they like. So sorry. Well, um, the, there was uh, um, some some discussion they had in some interviews where they said, you know, we needed like one of the larger main cast to stay behind. Be, seemingly, they, they made it sound like because of Leia, right? They needed somebody there to help sort of explain some of the stuff because they couldn't have Leia give any new lines of dialogue. Oh God, at least, that was at least really hard to too. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's I, like, I, really I, just did not I know that they did the best stuff. they could with it, but yeah. yeah. It, and it's not their fault. You know, it's not their no, fault. No, no, totally. And, so it's horrible circumstances they were dealt, but I, I just wouldn't yeah, have the, put her in the, the movie the, as much, honestly, if that was the case. The, the fact that, you know, she's giving like these very, almost very strange and like responses to very specific so uncanny value yeah yeah but with with dialogue it was just like who what happened here and if you didn't know it might work fine but the fact that we all know is what like we're sort of taking ourselves out of the scene with the knowledge we have of why that was the way it was i almost wonder if you didn't know you'd be like what the fuck is wrong with carrie fisher why is she acting so badly (laughs) in this movie like and which is no insult to her but they literally had to repurpose lines from like unused takes in in force awakens and like kind of like make them fit with like really clunky dialogue and like i get that like she's still alive but like in in the story but i just would have found a way to sideline her a little bit more and like you could still give her that that kind of touching you know death in the movie without really having her try to carry a lot of the exposition in the first you know, rebel base kind of, it just felt really weird to me to, to watch those scenes. Like, sure. Sure. Well, uh, it, I, I wondered it, if yeah, they were going to just do something with the crawl or very early on, like, Oh, the dead, the dead speak also lays dead. And I'm like, Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, and you could have had characters grappling with that right at the beginning, which would have been, and again, you know, it was, it was a tough spot. Like I can't blame them for that. Yeah. And well, they did but, great work when she dies with like Chewy, like really having an emotional break. Like I, I really oh, yeah, loved a lot of that stuff. Lesson about having people die with with Chewie's reactions to things with the you know the force <laughs> awakening. When everyone was just like, uh, they don't hug each other. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, no, she so they, she fucking hugs Ray, who she met five minutes ago <laughs> instead right. of Chewie. Right. Well, at least that's instead consistent. Life with, you know, a, a new hope where we're so focused on Luke, you know, feeling sad about his dead friend he met, you know, three hours ago, whereas Leia lost three, three billion of her fellow citizens on her planet. And she's just like, eh, I'm over it. You know, uh, I thought you're going to say it's consistent with with new hope where everyone except for Chewie gets a medal, which don't worry, guys, we won't let that fan service slide. We're going to give Chewie a medal in this <laughs> no. movie. He's finally going to get Han's medal 40 some years later. Like not, he's not going to, not, not going to have Han give it to you. you, just have, you know, here you go. Here it's So I, I actually shit on that scene when I first saw it in the theater, I was like, come on. Like I literally audibly out loud was like, come on. But when somebody was like, Oh, well no, that was actually Han's medal. I was like, all right, well that's nice. At least he gets Han's, uh, maybe you can give him Han's yeah. ship instead of giving it to fucking Ray, who he met, you know, for five minutes, like maybe give it to the guy who was the co-pilot for 40 fucking plus years. Like maybe that's more his ship than Ray's it's, ship. I mean, it but. seemed like at the end of um, Force Awakens that there, it was it was going to be Ray and and uh, Chewie's and Chewie's shared yeah. shared kind of thing. And then, and they, you know, kind of went in different directions with it. I, I mean, whatever doesn't have the ship itself isn't really the point, but the, the fact it's just weird. Like, who, it's like, it's like film. if somebody like took your, uh, it's like a car. Like if like you, 
if you and your wife had a car and then your wife died and and then like you started riding around with like her her niece and then all of a sudden it was like oh no her niece is just gonna take the car even though it's like half in your name basically it's just a weird it was a weird beat but well you know even though she doesn't have any lines in the second half of the whole film carrie fisher is still in the movie right and they, they of course had to have everyone else around her explain what she was doing. Like, well, we don't know what she's going to do, but she's going to do, you have to use, you know, all of her, you know, whatever she does is going to take all she has left. Like they just know that she's going to die somehow. Uh, after, you know, after Mary, Mary Poppins uh, saving her own life in the vacuum of space, they are like, Oh, this, this one's definitely going to kill her. We just, we just know that somehow. Um, and then of course, like with everything that happens, there's, there's, my read on it was seemed very specific and then other people were like oh what she did was actually this and i was like i don't know if that's true so once once we get to that point i think we'll have a little yeah. bit of uh debate about what what lay it what the fuck did. that was was about yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah no for sure um all right so on pisana the group encounters lando calrissian uh who points them to the wayfinder's last suspected location uh so lando you know comes back um I, I don't know. Colt 45. <laughs> I like Billy D. I, I just didn't feel like, yeah. I didn't feel his performance in this. I just felt like he was, yeah, nothing maybe he's just perform. rusty. He's just rusty. Yeah. I don't know. Like he just felt like not great in this he's, movie. He's 83. I mean, is fuck. he really old? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all right. No, 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 yeah. no shade on him. I like, you know, I loved him in the original. He's a good actor. Um, but again, his character seems superfluous and it's just like, Oh, remember this guy? Like, he somehow, right. even though he hasn't been around for years and he's living in an RV on this fucking Burning Man planet, apparently rallies the entirety of the galaxy in like 10 minutes to come save them at the end. Whatever. I guess so, I'll, yeah. I'll accept it, um, I guess. Uh, so uh, he points them in the uh, to, in the direction of the Wayfinder's less suspected location. Uh, Kylo learns where Rey is through their force bond uh, and travels there with his warrior subordinates. Um the Knights of Ren. So he, he finds out because they kind of add this new element to their whole little force bond where he can like grab things like they're physically, which uh, not a huge issue. I mean, in the last movie, there was like the kind of weird, like uh, crossover where like the water splashing, like at one point right. you, you could feel it like, so that's, that's not the end of the world. Um, I, I do find it weird that he can't like tell her surroundings, even though she can kind of tell his surround. Like, I don't really know what that's about. Um, where he like he couldn't sense that she was on you know her his ship later and then the Pasano thing i can understand because like she could be on a million fucking planets but uh so okay so he he grabs the necklace they analyze it they figure out she's on Pasana. um uh let's see uh knights of ren so uh ray and the others discover the remains of the assassin assassin ochi um who was like a sith assassin uh his ship and droid and a dagger inspired, uh, inscribed with Sith text, uh, which C-3PO's programming forbids him from interpreting, um, which was just, you know, put in there basically to have that this this kind of diversion to Kaiji, uh, Kijimi, Kijimi? I don't know how you said that planet's name, Snow Planet, um, where uh, Babu Frick Planet, we should call it, <laughs> where, where they go uh, to, to uh, you know, to get this translated, but... Um, so yeah, they 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 find this dagger, um, you know, th- while they're down in the in the kind of underground p- pit after they get sucked in by the quicksand or whatever. Um, the uh, Ray has to heal uh, this this like snake thing, which is about to attack them with 
you know, this force healing power, which, um, you know, we've talked about on the Mandalorian review we've done. It's something that's kind of been alluded to on star in the original movies, but not nearly to the extent that we've seen it recently. Um, but but that's fine because Star Wars is always about kind of expanding our understanding of like force powers and expanding our understanding of what is possible with the force. Like that's that's something that George Lucas his biggest complaint about Force Awakens is he's like, there's nothing new in this. Like my whole thing with Star Wars is that um, besides like trade policy and you know <laughs> all this other nonsense they added into the prequels, like I always wanted to advance um, our understanding of the force and introduce new technology, new force powers new you know etc cetera, etc cetera. like so that that was fine for me and you know they uh it's it's something that's existed in the eu for a while so like it, I, I like when they bring in elements that are you know kind of pre-established but not seen in the main movies so that was uh cool and that was important to the plot later on so uh um yeah so uh Sensing Kylo is nearby, Ray goes to confront him. So they're about to get away in the in Ochi ship, uh, where they meet Dio, by the way, who's uh, a fun droid. Uh, doesn't you know has served much of a purpose, but they gotta they gotta sell more you know droid droid oh. merch, droid droid RC cars and shit. So, but you know he was fine. Voiced by J.J. Abrams, by the way. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that robot has like the the key to figuring out a thing later on, and they don't really explain it too much. But it's like, oh, you were on the ship that went to this this planet before and that's actually how we end up finding it yeah. uh, which you think they would ask planet. him right away like hey you're the, you're the droid of the sith master who's been to palpatine's planet you got any info on that like maybe you could yeah you don't want to you know you don't you don't interrogate you know you know there's no there's no debriefing in this in this universe it's just a, well if, if he knew something he would tell us he's a fucking robot right they they're trustworthy uh <laughs> yeah um let's see uh yeah, so Sense and Kylo is nearby. Ray goes out to confront him. Uh, first, first Order captures the Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca, uh, Chewbacca and the dagger. Uh, so, you know, Finn and this, God, this fucking, this scene, really. This was like, I was still kind of with the movie until this point, And this really, like, was just like, really, this is what you're going to do? Um, and not, and let me be clear, not killing Chewbacca. I was fine with that. Like, I, I thought that was a really bold interesting choice to to have ray and everyone else wrestle with um and then not only did they immediately undo it but they made sure to tell the audience that they immediately undid it so you couldn't feel anything about this loss of a character you immediately were like oh no it's fine and then the characters find out 20 minutes later so what happens is ray goes outside um you know the the there's a first store transport ship taking off with presumably Chewbacca, because that's what the visuals tell us, and that's what Finn sees. Um, and Ray tries to stop it by using, you know, holding it with the Force. <coughs> Kylo, after his ship crashed, after her, you know, her flip over move or whatever, uh, tries to let it go, uh, you know, back into the into you know into orbit. Basically, um, Luke's lightsaber, but you know, a thousand times bigger. We're, yeah. we're doing that scene again. It's kind of like, well, the stakes are higher because now, but uh, instead of just being a weapon, Chewie's inside there. At least, you know, they think that or she thinks that. Yeah, and we think and, that but, briefly. Yes, and and it's incredibly cool and like unexpected when all of a sudden fucking force lightning shoots out of Ray's fingers, and you know blows the ship up, and it's like holy shit! Like what the? And to me, that's way more cool number one if she's nobody and it's just like oh no she's so powerful with the force that and this is what we talked about this with baby yoda it's like when he starts you know spoilers for mandalorian skip ahead 10 seconds where he force chokes 
uh, Cara Dune when when she thinks she's he's she's hurting uh, his his dad. Um, is not that it's like it's not that she was evil or that she's you know descendant of Palpatine. It's just like oh no, she's so intensely strong with the Force that she can't control these the, the Force <clears throat> moving through her to do these things and to act on the her, other read on her, conflict, her internal conflict. He forced her to do that by projecting his powers onto her. Or that. And she never actually had that power herself. And there's some some dialogue that seems to suggest that where she's like, "I lost control." And did that, and people were like, "No, no, no, no! He he forced you to do that, or he, you know, they they imply that it was not." I think they're just trying to make her feel bad, but like that, I could I could sure, accept either reading sure. of that scene. But totally. he says to her earlier on, "I'm going to turn you to the dark side," and you think, "Well, is this how he does it? Because he can force her to do things against her will that cause her to have so much just, doubt that she becomes a, an emotional mess." So you, you're kind of you know you're not really we don't know the answer to that, and we may despite we the don't fact really though resolved. Um, but it's like, it's like, is, is this how he plans to do it is by making her think she's responsible for awful things that in fact he was, you know, projecting his powers onto her to get her to do these things. But again, to me, that feels not that specifically, but the whole idea of like turning her to the dark side feels so one dimensional. And that's something that he made a point of in the last Jedi of saying of not trying to turn her to the dark side. And that was the whole idea of, I'm not a sit, like, I just want you to take my hand and I want, we can rule the galaxy together. It wasn't like, oh, let's be evil and rule the galaxy with an iron fist. It was like, no, like, fuck this guy. Let's just like, let, let, just me and you right. against the world, babe. Well, like, when fuck he it. says like, it, though, he says it sort of as a threat. Like, he's still making that offer to her, but he's saying, well, if you if you turn me down again, I'm going to do this to you. Right. Like, it's he, he's still giving her yeah. some choice, but it still I, seems kind of like I still think it's like different, no, a different he, message a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's a dick. He's a dick. But. He's, he's, he, he starts this film very much as, as a, a reformed Kylo Ren with very little doubt. Uh, there's no sign of Ben Solo. You know, he puts his mask back together, right? So, well, and and I think that's that's you know that tracks with the way he kind of leaves off in, at the end of 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 uh, Last Jedi because he was conflicted that whole movie, but uh, I think Luke gave him kind of resolve in the wrong direction when he when when he you know, made him look like a fool uh, at the end of that movie and, and let the, the resistance escape. And it kind of strengthened him. And he was kind of almost like power drunk with, with the, with the fact that he was, you know, he became the Supreme leader. But I think at the end of the day, the story was always kind of about the battle for Ben Solo's soul, um, which I love, which, and which, by the way, you know, I, I think it was great in the first movie, the whole idea that like, you know, Leia sent her, to Luke, and that was this this weird conflict between Ray between Luke and Leia, or at least Luke's perceived conflict was that he feels like he he failed her so spectacularly that you know he turned her only son to the dark side. It's like it's just these great stakes, and I feel like this movie again kind of undoes it because if Leia was trained in the Force and like a, basically a Jedi and had her own lightsaber and was like beating Luke in battle in that one flashback scene, why didn't she just train her son? Like I I, I just. It, it seemed like that was an unnecessary shot to be like, hey, look, it's young Carrie Fisher and young Mark Hamill. I was like, yeah, that's cool, but that's also not what you've been telling us the last two, like, I don't know, whatever. I mean, that's that's a minor thing. I just thought, like, it kind of, again, undoes the significance of that dynamic, which I loved from both of the last right, two movies. Right. Well, I think they kind of had to explain how is it that, uh, you know, Leia can also do... <clears throat> Uh, a, a force projection uh, across the the universe. Yeah, which right which she shouldn't. I mean, that was fucking. Yeah, I mean, what? Or, or but even again, you don't have to be a Jedi to do that. Like, and that's what the last movie yeah. I, movie taught us is like, uh, you know, you could just if you're 
strong enough with the force and obviously her you know her brother was and <laughs> strong enough to do that um all right but in any event um yeah so she blows up the ship um and thinks it's chewbacca uh Poe suggests traveling to Kajimi to have the Sith text extracted from C-3PO's memory. He knows a guy there who can do it. Um, and so they, they take uh, C-3PO to Babu Frick, who, you know, in a baby Yoda this year would be the cutest thing on the fucking planet, would be the the undeniable, like, champion of, like, the, the uh, you know, the Star Wars, like, cute Star Wars character introduced to sell merch, like, Babu Frick mm-hmm. would be number one, but he's he's unfortunately reminded got me, really uh, up against a ringer uh, this year. In Baby reminded Yoda. me of the, the, the cute little alien creature from uh, Flight of the Navigator 1987, no, I, I believe, that came out. Uh, yeah, it was, like, my favorite movie when I was, when I was, I was, like, almost the same age as the main character, the kid in the mm-hmm. movie. Um, <clears throat> there's an alien ship with a computer pilot or computer uh, operating system voiced by uh, Pee Wee Herman. Right. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's a good, great eighties classic. It was like the first movie I watched uh, when I got Disney plus. So I was like, I went straight to the, oh, it's on there. Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. I went straight to my nostalgia. It's got uh, Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> aged like 19 in it. Oh. Um, NASA is kind of like this quasi evil government agency, or at least they're made to look that way. You watch it now and like, they're really not. It's just, if you're, if you're a little kid who's been kidnapped by aliens and then travel through time, and NASA wants to know like what actually happened to you, you would, you know, take the side of the kid and think, Oh, NASA's evil. Right. But it's kind of, you know, not, not, there's no violence. It's just kind of like a great eighties, um, short circuit esque kind of a, kind of a family <clears throat> sci-fi movie. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Um, yeah, but, and Babu Frick, fucking hilarious, you know, (laughs) barely speaks English, but he he can say his own name. He cheers every time he does something really, really just funny. Great little good comedy there. (laughs) Just great. Great character. Mine's gone. It's just, mine's just poof. Um, I forget the the exact line, but yeah, I I, I love the, uh, the the comedy there because they, and they're like, oh, in in the trailer, the really big emotional trailer, like CP Zero, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm looking at my friends for one last time. And then the music soars, and you're like, no, this is gonna be so sad. And people speculate, like, oh, is C three PO gonna put his mind into another ship, and the ship does a thing, and that's the how his legacy or whatever, which is what happened with of, in Solo with Solo. With, um, right. Um, but I loved right. how they they not only that they do, they use that for emotional impact in the trailer, but how it's actually a scene that's complete comedy. Because of course, when he's like, "Oh, the RT units would never," you know, they're not reliable for backing up uh, memory storage. And it's like, of course, it's your best fucking friend. He's going to back up your memory for you. But I love that he did. You know, he, even though he recognizes he's his friend, he doesn't have confidence in that model. Like he's still sort of arrogant <laughs> yeah. about the RT units not being we, top of so, line the way That's the, the great thing about C three PO is he's just always just a prim, pompous kind of asshole like right like Like polite but still arrogant you know um and you know and of course we're we're not really worried at that point because we know his memory's backed up and of course it's not really gonna you know no nothing will be lost there but we're like okay for the for the second act of this movie he's gonna have no memory and be operating as though he just got turned on for the first time which i thought like that comedy worked really good in this movie i I, again I, i i like i laughed at it but again i just feel like just let me like this movie just was like in steadfast refusal of letting me feel anything like it just was like we're not gonna we can't have like it just won't have it doesn't let you have stakes for anything is what makes me 
what made me feel something in that moment. You okay, need some kind of levity in the wh- second. Why? Stage. Why can't it just? Why can't it just take a courageous? De- why can't it just make a courageous, de- uh, courageous decision and say, "All right, I'm going to kill Chewbacca." Like that, you know, and and you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of that throughout this movie, or or or, or even if you don't want to do that, just like, all right, well, we're going to wipe C-3PO's memory, and it's really fucking sad, and like, but and his friend, you know, who who you know, I just don't understand why this movie has to immediately tease like a really in, important like event happening and just be like just kidding don't worry everyone's gonna be fine everyone you love is gonna be fine except for you know the one character we literally have to kill mm-hmm. off because she's not with us anymore <laughs> like right. and, and well, one other character know, that's disney and it wouldn't be the first time even before disney bought like star so wars not how many characters have been brought back because they were like oh hey maybe we shouldn't have killed off darth maul because he's a really fucking cool character and let's like you know literally just sew them back together and have them have robot legs or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't always make sense. I don't, I don't like that kind of thing either, where it's just like, Oh, we brought the I, I just let back. us. Yeah. Just have, have stakes you know. that mean something like I, and I, like mall mall to me was like I, the, almost the one time where I was almost okay with it because it was like, well, you really almost wasted his character. Like it was a really cool, interesting character that you immediately did away with and he could have been an interesting it's a good character design right sure. there's not really a character who, who you could have fleshed out something with and they did sure, later on sure. the clone i mean again i haven't seen a ton of it but just what i've the read it's like oh yeah. this is this is better than what they did with him um yeah. and he could have certainly been he was certainly better than like general grievous or you know all the other fucking rejects that they trotted out in the prequels like as villains after he left but. Oh, oh yeah well there's a there's a really i don't remember a lot of the the uh rebels or clone mm-hmm. wars series but there's a there's a i think it's a two-part uh episode of rebels where one of the main characters um like discovers darth maul much older right and doesn't mm-hmm. know who it is but oh, we wow. do and the voice actor who does it, a lot of the voice acting on those is really over the top and, and overdone and mm-hmm. melodramatic. I, yeah, part of the reason why I can't get that too much, but does a really great job because you never really hear, you barely hear the the, the uh, character speak in, in the in the movie of changing the voice to from something we don't recognize to gradually becoming what it is, right? And it's not the mm. character changing; it's the character trying to deliberately deceive one of the main characters, even though they don't even know who he is in the first place, right? So it, does he look different? No, no. That um, person just has no idea the, what he looks like, basically. Exactly, exactly. Okay. But is but the character is acting different to make the, uh-huh. the hero not realize he's evil. From you know, even without knowing him, you would mm-hmm. if he just was himself, he would. You'd be like, oh, he's evil. I should not trust him. Um, so it's a really great, very slow transition from, uh, hey, I'm just this crippled old thing, uh, to oh, I'm like evil incarnate and you can't kill me. <laughs> uh, that, that seemed very believable. Whoever, I don't know, you know, whoever did the voice acting for Darth Maul in the rebels cartoon, uh, I think it was did the same guy who did the solo song. voice. Yeah. 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 No, I, I'll check that out. And we'll, we'll be talking a lot more about Maul in our, uh, Mandalorian finale episode. Cause he actually weirdly does tie in does sort of to the Mandalorian finale. Uh, not directly, but you know, uh, Ooh, yeah, with the way that that episode ended. Um, so, yeah, so they're on uh, Kajimi. Uh, they wipe C-3PO's memory. Uh, the process wipes the droid's memory, but reveals coordinates to a wayfinder. Um, Ray senses that Chewbacca is alive, which, again, I think, you know, if you're going to kill him and then bring him back to or like not kill him and bring him back to life. 
maybe let them think he's dead until they actually run into him on the ship. Like, I, I just don't know why you needed to tell the characters, like, don't worry, he's fine. They never would have gone to that ship in the first place. And there's always got to be a reason they have to break into like a heavily guarded, fortified ship and like somehow get in and out without anyone stopping them meaningfully because there's no security. Uh, anyone can come in or out with just a, you know, fucking fake ship uh, or, you know, old passcode or whatever. It's, it's like the least, like there is no security culture. Like, I don't know how they're a threat to anyone, honestly. No, it's, it's but I'm like, positive. okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it because this is what they always do. They got to get, you know, break in and free prisoner. That's just, that's what this show is. Yeah. Um, Mando did it better. I'll, I'll just say, but <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, so the group infiltrates uh, his Star Destroyer with the help of Zori Bliss, who's Carrie Russell's character for five seconds in the movie. Um, I actually almost wonder if they're trying to set her up for a Disney Plus uh, series because she again she's another character with cool character design and an intriguing teased backstory uh, with with uh, with Poe. Uh, you know they used to know each other when he was a spice mm-hmm. runner, which I don't know maybe don't make your only uh, leading character leading Latin American, Latin. Uh, character in uh, the Star Wars, you know, a drug saga, runner. a drug runner. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's not a great look. You know, there's a lot of weird kind of. Also, maybe don't have the three black characters spend time only together and not with the rest of the group, but whatever. Right. <laughs> Just some weird racial stuff in this movie that I think maybe, an, and I don't think it was purposeful, but I think maybe a non-white director or someone who's not, you know, as as privileged as someone like JJ maybe would have thought about. Um, but, you know, again, it's it's not the end of the world. I just think it's a little it's a weird couple weird things that I think didn't occur to them in the moment and weren't the intention. But also, like, if you think about it, it's like, eh, maybe don't do that. But, but not to mention the fact that Poe's parents are established in canon as these like legendary pilots like that's it, it's just a weird look to give that character. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the some of the jokes were just kind of quips in this movie and didn't need to be there, but it needed to have like a little bit of. They had to have some banter, and banter has always been a part of these characters uh, in in certain moments of stress, which I I think helps uh, sometimes just humanize them a little bit, right? And and this is really the first time they've all been together. That's one of the things that always bothers me is that they're all supposed to be great friends, but they've never had any screen time together to have any shared experience. Uh, And they all go off in different directions, and you're like, well, how are they? Why are you risking your life for these people that we've spent all movie not together with you know? well, like literally at the end uh, of last jedi ray's like hey i'm ray and he's like hi i'm poe and he's, or he's like she's like hi i'm ray he's like oh i know it's like they, they've literally never met right. until the last second of the second to last movie exactly so <laughs> I, I, I loved about i love that that you know like if we're gonna have any chemistry these actors like we gotta see them act together mm-hmm. right yeah no i, I enjoyed them um, together that, that was fun yeah i enjoyed that so as far as the you know that line or that backstory you know i didn't spend a lot of time on it i was just kind of like all right well they they they're sort of all quipping at each other and they all have a checkered past uh and now they're you know like moving on kind of a thing but um yeah that, that minor nitpick, was, but was just you know definitely like a you know fucking cool ass you know uh daft punk tron looking <laughs> helmet um definitely could do more with that uh down the road i'm sure I mean, not for nothing, guys. Make him a spy. Make him a smuggler. Like he doesn't have to be a drug dealer. Just make him a smuggler. He could. Han Solo is a no, smuggler. He's smuggling drugs. You think that yeah, but, other smugglers aren't running gu- drugs around the galaxy? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like weirdly specific, but whatever. Um. So okay. So uh, Ray recovers the dagger, <clears throat> uh, and has visions of her parents being killed with it. Uh, Kylo informs her that she is Palpatine's granddaughter, which we've talked at length about. We don't need to beat that dead horse anymore. Um, 
and and again, it's like as much as I like a lot of things in this movie, I think it's built on a shaky foundation that I just find it hard to look past. Things like that, things like bringing Palpatine back. It's just like all the cool moments in this movie are are cool, and like I just would like them a lot more if they didn't have to revolve around the central idea of raping Palpatine's granddaughter and Palpatine being and back. It's just there was a moment when they're trying to escape in that hangar uh, and she's sort of standing on the precipice of the hangar, which apparently there's still like plenty of atmosphere outside that. Yeah, that was um, weird. Sort of, <laughs> that was, was kind of like, eh, whatever, hold her breath. She what happens if she like puts her finger out that, that like, like what's, what, what are the physics of that port of that little shield? I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Well, she accepts it, the information he's given her. And he's like, well, you know what you have to do now. And I'm like, oh, she's not going to go like pretend to turn to the dark side just to get close to him. And that's like the the <clears throat> Sith ray that we see in the trailer. Like, please tell me they're not going to do that. Right. And I was really glad they didn't. And I see her, you know, jump out the thing. I'm like, OK, thank God. And it was kind of cool just to see the fucking Falcon flip around and just you know, retro thrust blast everyone backwards. I was kind of like, Oh, no, no, I was like, cool hey, fucking sweet shit. Again, she um, jumps into the vacuum yeah. of space and it's totally fine. But, and, and they have the door open waiting for her in, in, you know, to an, to an unsealed yeah. millennium Falcon, but whatever, I guess, turn your brain off completely. It's, it works. I guess. I, I mean, there's it was fun. It was fun. Some, I mean, you know, whatever. yeah. You know, there's also explosions that make noises in, in all the Star Wars movies, which doesn't make any fucking sense. So it's like there's some aspects of, you know, real life science that certainly do not make it into these movies. No question. No, which um, is funny. Anytime they do mention the, the vacuum of space, or, because it's just it seems so much to not, not be like a, a part vacuum. of this world. <laughs> it's not right? a like when uh, Star Wars. Uh, I forget the, 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 the droid in Rogue One. Where he's like, oh, yeah, you'd all die in the vacuum of space. I'd be fine, though. <laughs> oh, Alan Tudyk's character. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot the space <clears throat> lethal. Because, uh, you know, every everything else in this movie or in this, this series is not about the space so much as it yeah. is about uh, blowing things up on planets and, and in Although between. The- the one time I really think they made a point of sh- of not having found and really kind of trying to be like true to the vacuum of space idea was during the last Jedi with the Holdo maneuver where like w- when it goes through the ship, it's silent, but it lets I love that choice because in the theater, when that happened, every- you could hear everyone in the theater like audibly gasp at that scene. And it was like so fucking incredible. I just remember yeah. the experience of seeing that movie be like, <gasps> like, holy shit, like, why has nobody ever thought of that before? And then like, of course, they have to shade it in this movie. Be like, oh, no, we can't do that. Like, it's- whatever um but but again well, that almost, you, it, it you, creates a problem got, that that you know limitless supply of of basically sentient droids and you couldn't pick one of them to go crash the ship for you like you got to pick somebody who was a general yeah <laughs> like what's well, what, what are they there I, for if not to crash the ship i, for I don't you? so apparently there's some in-universe explanation like the reason nobody's ever done it before is because no and as far as anyone could tell, the reason nobody's ever done it is because nobody's ever thought of it. But also there were apparently a lot of protocol safety protocols that Holdo had to disable on the ship that prevent it from oh, crashing into okay. things while oh, it's going through so light speed. <laughs> because the whole idea is like if you're going through light speed and there's an asteroid in your path, your ship has to. So, like, I guess you could say you couldn't program a droid to do that. But again, like you could program it i but again I, I think it breaks storytelling a little bit so it's hard to include that maneuver anymore because then it's like why doesn't everyone just launch a bunch of droid powered ships at each other like kamikaze style like i don't know um right. but it was but it was fucking cool as hell it's one of the coolest scenes in all of star wars i think that that scene so um yeah 
so yeah okay so uh let's see uh yeah so ochi uh he, she has visions of her parents being killed with a kylo informs her that she's palpatine's granddaughter sith lord has ordered ochi to recover ray as a child but her parents hit her on jakku to protect her um so you know there's there's that scene um and we've we've talked about that uh general huck saves poe finn and chewbacca from execution uh revealing himself to be the spy which again i i love this i thought it was super funny um huck's to me was like one of the goofiest parts about the force awakens like he's just really over the top like super like you know like like baby hitler performance was like all right dude dial it back like nobody's buying it so i like that in the last jedi they kind of almost made him a comedy character because i think everyone coming out of force awakens was like yeah you're ridiculous this is not intimidating in the slightest um so i like that this movie kind of leaned into that for him uh you know the, the fact that he is a little happy well, like clearly he's he's decided at some point uh between the the last film and this film he's done taking the abuse right from kylo <laughs> yeah he decided to to get some revenge and i love the line he's like oh i don't care if you win he just can't or i don't care if you win he just has to lose i think is the line or something yeah, like yeah. that kylo ren has to lose um he's like, and then, of course, the arm, he's like yeah and he shoots him in the leg instead just to, i don't know why they did that instead but they, you know clearly fooling nobody because the, the the other generals like oh okay bam shoots him yeah the well well because he he fucking sealed his own fate he walks in there with the bandage taped and he's got a crutch he's like come on dude you're playing it up way too <laughs> it's like oh well, just, sir they overpowered me and they shot me in the leg and got it it's like yeah okay dude um but it, but i but I, I actually like that that finn shot him in the leg because it was still like, yeah, fuck you. I, yeah, you saved us, but you still like blew up a planet. You've killed millions of, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Like, I'm not going to fucking, you know, join up with you. Like, thanks for saving us, but fuck you, dude. Like, right. So I kind of well, like I the shot him in the leg. Um, where, where he's like, I knew it. I knew it. I was like, how did you know that? No, <laughs> like, you didn't, you, you didn't know it. There was nothing it. to suggest that prior. Yeah, that seemed like a little kind of a dumb line that it was just like, there was no... There was no previous scene. Maybe I mean, maybe there was a previous scene, and they cut it out, right? And we don't know. Like maybe, maybe. that was it was like know. a continuation of a joke, but then the joke made it too obvious, and they wanted it to be more of a surprise with the reveal. And then like the you know or I I, I knew it doesn't seem plausible at that point. Well, yeah, you know, may not ever know that, but I was still kind of just like that. It was this joke referencing something that I missed because I didn't I didn't see it there, right? And there's, you know, there's so many little things, like little lines that, and this next scene, I'm going to get into something that would have just really fucking enhanced this movie. And there's, I, there, there's a great movie in this movie with like a few tweaks, like despite all my criticism of it and all the things I think it really kind of punted on in lieu of, you know, (laughs) good storytelling to just have a compelling shot. I think there's a lot of interesting thematic work you could do. And I think that's largely what the movie lacked outside of Ray and Kylo. Um, but so the group, uh, the group arrives on Kefbeer, which is a, uh, ocean moon of Endor. Um, and you know, the, the whole, uh, the whole like climatic scene on Endor, what we call Endor from Return of the Jedi actually took place on the forest moon of Endor. We don't actually go to Endor like Endor, the forest moon of Endor is where all the Ewoks live. Um, right. And then, so now we're on another moon of Endor, which is the ocean moon. It's kind of like the ocean planet from fucking uh, Interstellar. Just not, not a ton of land. Right. Well, I remember in the trailer, I was like, there's no way that any of that would survive hitting a planet. 
right? There'd be nothing left. And of course, yeah. everything is perfectly intact. It's just broken in pieces. So much so that right? you could hold like up the, a fucking holocron and find the exact location without any kind of, like, based right. on the alignment. Like, there, like, there's still panes of glass in Palpatine's office window. Like, <laughs> yeah. really? <laughs> Come on. Um, but yeah, once I understood oh, that, that was a moon, I was like, okay, well, clearly they're reacting as though there's, there's you know, uh, regular gravity, which it, it seems like there's, there would be much less gravity, especially as high as those waves are. Those were, those were like little, like mini, um, uh, interstellar. Oh, very much. Uh, it was the same, same how, type how, of deal. Yeah. 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 Which I thought was really fucking neat looking that they, they didn't just show it once and then go away. It's like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to have a long fight scene here. Actually a couple scenes happen down there in, the, in these waves. Um, uh, but you know, seemingly, like if there was that little gravity, that the Death Star could crash there and be mostly still intact, uh, you would have so little gravity that they would be bouncing around, right? And they clearly are not. Uh, gravity is pretty much the same on no matter what celestial body you land on. And you would think you'd have so little gravity that the ruins would shift, and you wouldn't be able to hold up a Sith holocron and find the exact location from you know. Crash route, but whatever. It's out in the water. That's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like it's really, preposterous. That's that's the whole another MacGuffin to lead to to her getting to to Exegol. But again, whatever. Um, I, I just could have done without the entire Sith relic plot that I thought was really ham fisted. But um, but they arrive on Kefbeer, cool planet, and I, I actually love like when Star Wars goes to a like a cool, you know. Uh, weather theme plot, like where where they get to fight. Like I loved, you know, the, the Obi Wan uh, Anakin fight on Mustafar. You know, among the lava, even though at times it looked, you know, super, you know, cheesy CG. But like, just the whole idea of like fighting not only your opponent but fighting your elements and and you know trying to to deal with that mm-hmm. and having to completely ignore your opponent for long stretches to deal with your environment collapsing around you. I think is a really cool, compelling type of battle situation to set up for like movies like that. oh yeah oh yeah well and we get the you know the sort of brief little fight scene in the throne room palpatine's throne room from the you know the death star uh-huh. and you have her kind of like you know brief little oh this could be me because now she knows that you know who she really is it's none of those mirrors uh, that they, she sees in the cave like yeah yeah and it's always kind of like tease that well all you have to do to make someone turn bad is just get them mad enough and all of a sudden they turn into <laughs> to, you know and she's like give it to me Right, right, right. Um, but then, you know, you get this great protracted fight scene out amongst the waves on this, you know, what, you know, apparently was part of a trench and now is like a jetty almost going out. And these waves are fucking, there's like 50, 60 foot waves or swells or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and you, it feels like they're really out there. This is some great CG, but also uh, just, just great real yeah. water i'm sure they shot this them. in a tank and stuff too you know like yeah kind of real yeah, yeah. water and, and she shit. does that she does the huge jump to get out of the way of the wave and he just kind of like takes it and then he's just completely fucking soaked and there was that great moment somebody had where it was uh ray saying to him in that moment like it's over kylo i have the dry ground <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. But yeah, great, great, great visual, uh, you know, and, and not so corny as, as uh, you know, the, the the last of the prequels were like, they're literally just jumping from one thing to another, to another, to another. Like, this is mostly just in one spot. They're not moving around a whole lot. Uh, but what I love, the, the progression that we see is like, he, she's just getting worn out, right? Like, they're just, this, this lightsaber battle's going on so long, and clearly nobody's overpowering the other but she's getting exhausted. 
Yeah, no, uh, I like in a way, way that he's that. not. Uh, which, which really, like, if, if you know, I mean, you, she's he's physically larger than her. Eventually, she would get tired sooner, right? Yeah. Uh, regardless of the force or whatever. So I love that they, they, they really, there's almost always something that breaks up the fight prior to something as simple as just human exhaustion. Is your mm. body just becoming weaker as you exert yourself? And you've watched enough uh, you know, MMA fighting to know that's usually how it goes pretty quick. Oh, yeah. No matter how strong you are, you just suddenly, you can't hit You can't hold your arms you're up tired. after a while. Like you just, you're, it's <laughs> yeah. so physically taxing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I love that that was the thing that you see start to happen. And suddenly that's why you're much more afraid for her is because she's just not, she can't hit as hard anymore. Uh, yeah, because of how long this fight's gone on. She does a cool move, which I've never seen in a lightsaber fight, but it seems pretty logical, is that she literally can't lift her blade up, so she uses her hand, and she, like, stops his blade with the force. Like, it was just a cool move, like, where, you know, I think normally yeah. you'd parry it, but she was so weak at that point, she kind of just, like, uh, like just last-ditch, kind of, like, save-her-life moment, which is cool, mm-hmm. cool shit. Um, but, yeah, no, so the group, for, uh, group arrives on Kefbeer, um, Janna, an ex-stormtrooper, and resistance sympathizer leads them to the remains of uh, the second Death Star. Uh, and again, this is a scene with Janna, this new character introduced, um, where she has a scene with the horse wrangler, the horse wrangler, <laughs> the, the sort yeah, of horse wrangler. horse, space um, horse wrangler. And you know, she has a scene with, with Finn, and she says like, "Oh, well, oh we're ex stormtroopers too." And he's like, "Well, why'd you turn your battalion?" She's like, "Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, we just..." Uh, and and a lot of the implication from this movie is like, "Oh." And this is another thing I don't like, and this is another JJ not having the kind of imagination to think about thematically why this would be important to tell a story in a different way. It's like, oh, I don't know. And and the whole implication is like, well, since Finn is kind of force sensitive, and that's what they tease at in this movie, um, which is also apparently what he was going to tell Ray when he was drowning, not that he loved her, that he was force sensitive, which I don't know why you tell her in that moment, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, is that, oh, well, it's their connection to the force that allows them to break through the stormtrooper um propaganda and their their mind control and etc but i think that completely takes away finn's agency in the first movie and i think it's a fascinating story to be like hey this kid who is a conscript who had no interest in fighting for this evil fucking imperialist army uh realized what it w- w- that he was on the wrong side and chose to leave and it would be so cool if Jana had said to him Oh well, we all we we heard your story and we were inspired by you. We didn't realize that we could just leave. Like we didn't realize that that was something we could do, and you inspired us to to tell the first order to fuck off and basically, you know, right. to, to that would have been so much fucking more impactful to me. But it was like, oh well, we don't know. I guess it was the force, you know. Like, I, I, it just <laughs> right. to me that was just a storytelling beat where it's like a little tweak and it would have been a fucking really could've, emotional uh, great scene. Could have meant a lot more. I, yeah. I agree. Um, or maybe it's the other way around, where it's like if you do have the agency to break free, you automatically get a little bit of force sensitivity. The force is like, or, hey, yeah, you, uh, exactly. you, did a good, you did a good deed there. I'm going <laughs> to give you a little reward. Well. You won't know the it. The universe you rewards it, you but... for, for, yeah, doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, I'd say, so you know, just slight, slight note that I certainly would have made that I think would have really, uh, you know, done a lot more for that scene other than just introduce another character who you're clearly just trying to set up a Disney Plus series for. Oh, and by the way, again, because nobody can not be somebody's fucking son or daughter, it's implied in the visual dictionary that that's Lando's daughter. Like, you know, he at the end, he says, like, oh, let's go find out where you're from. In the visual dictionary. Oh, no- yeah. I just assumed he was, this was like referencing the fact that he was like a sleazy. You know, I, I like thought that too. He, he's he's the, the baby daddy of like countless people, <laughs> people See, across I, the galaxy. I, I thought that too. 
But then, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then the visual dictionary, there's an entry about Lando where it's like, oh, well, he had a daughter, but they were, she was taken away by the Empire when she was two years old. And the timing lines up exactly with when Jana says she was taken away. It's like, can just people just be people? Do they have to be fucking related to one of the th- four, five people you remember from this 1977 film? Like, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I just, to me, I was like, just, just let them be people. Um, I half expected at the end for when they were like, oh, yeah, Finn's force sensitive and then be like, and he's Mace Windows grandson. Like, you know, like, I'm just like, guys, just let them fucking be people like they don't need. To. Ugh, not every black person needs to be related to the two other black people in the Star Wars universe. Like, just whatever. Right, right. Well, um, you know, I mean, they maybe maybe we'll get a, a solo prequel. and We'll finally find out who uh, Han's parents are. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I hope they have really like normal ass names, like you know, like 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 Kevin. So like, I, I love in in Game of Thrones that George Martin just ran out of names. He's just like, I don't know, fucking Kevin Lannister, uh, you know, like uh, <laughs> Harry. What, what was he? The the Gold Company's leader, like Harry something. It was just some real basic ass name. Oh, I know. The first time I heard it, that was the name of the actor, and I was like, well, wait, that's just they just ran out of fucking name, his names because yeah. they didn't mean shit. You have Daenerys Targaryen, <laughs> yeah. then you have you know Kevin Lannister and. Harry, uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, but yeah, well, I always liked that there was a logic to it. He at least put time into thinking about like who would have a really flowy, flowery name versus who would just be like, uh, you know, like a, a just monosyllabic name. Yeah. John. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's fitting for John's personality, though, for sure. Um, although Our stupid, uh, stupid son, John. Stupid, stupid son. Although really, his he has a very flowy name. You know, spoiler alert for the end of Game of Thrones. Um, if you know his real name so uh yeah uh let's see jana has next uh uh, she leads them to the remains of the second death star where ray locates the wayfinder kylo having tracks them destroys ray destroys ray's wayfinder uh and asks her to help him supplant palpatine so his whole idea is like yeah you know come with me and it's again it's sort of like what his his pitch was in the last Jedi, but it's also like, you know, rule the galaxy is like co-emperor with me. Basically it's a little different. Um, so, but, so she defeats him but in he battle. Also sort of, he kind of like gives her, gives away the thing. Like I can't, I can't beat this guy by myself. I, I can't it's do like it myself. Two, yeah. Only the, only the two of us can do this together. Right. When well, they introduced back this, to the whole this idea dyad the, thing, which, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell that's about, but. Well, it, it's it's interesting because it's kind of setting up the idea that, like, you know, as, as, as much as we might be trying to pull each other in a different direction, we have a threat now that we're only going to solve by teaming up, whether you like it or not, right? And it eventually happens more on her terms, but it's still kind of, you feel like you, he's, he's leading her to the eventual conclusion uh, that is the only sure. way that they're going to going to make it out of this well but i think in the scenes where he also introduces the whole like the concept of this force dyad thing where they're like joined by this dyad um, oh yeah yeah and yeah. and again i just like i don't I, I, that would be fine if you actually stuck to the rules of something you created because like within their own movie it, they they you know they they kind of like uh, don't stick to the rules that they establish of this dyad thing at the end of the movie so it's like i why introduce that if you're gonna kind of ignore it well, well and we'll get to that scene but um so yeah so you know so they're fighting um you know ray's really struggling uh she's clearly tired um Le- leia uh in her dying moments calls out to kylo through the force uh distracting him 
which allows and uh, allows or consequently, you know, then, you know, Ray uh, impales him. Um, so, uh, again, it's, I don't know what exactly is happening here. Like if it, I understand we had to write Carrie Fisher off and, you know, it was like, oh, well, we wrote Mark Hamill off by having him, you know, exert every ounce of force energy he has to project himself across the galaxy. And that, you know, the for- the exertion from that killed him. Um, and I get that, you know, you kind of had to write Carrie Fisher out here, but I don't really understand what she did and why she did it. Like, did she know he was fighting Ray and he wanted Ray to kill him? Like, did she want to reach out and be like, it's okay, son? Like, I... I, I just don't quite get, I don't think the movie, you know, doesn't good enough job of explaining what was happening in that scene and why she did that. Do you have any kind of idea what was going on in that scene? Like in that moment with she, her? I mean, she, she kills Kylo Ren, right? And what's left is, is Ben Solo and Ray stabs him through not knowing what's happened exactly. And then I think quickly realizes that, you know, Kylo was gone, that that was just Ben in that moment. And that's why she, you know, force heals him, brings him back. Uh, and we don't necessarily know that exactly until later on. Right. And, well, to, and exactly as far on, as yeah. what, what Leia did, I mean, at the very least distracted him long enough where he fucking like just stares off. I just don't know what Leia thought she was doing. <laughs> like, you know, like what? Well, we, we don't know either. Right. And and clearly whatever she's doing is going to exhaust her to the point of death the way that, you know, Luke did, too. Uh, and, you know, for the rest of the movie, she's just lying there, we assume, dead under a sheet, not realizing that, like, she's she's not she's not yet. But it like what whatever she's doing isn't done yet. Right. And, and we can talk to what extent she was still doing something the whole time or was doing an, a second thing later well, on. When does she actually uh, dissolve? Like, is it it's after the Han thing or was is it before the is it isn't it after she like lays down after she touches him or whatever? Because she she dissolves at one point. To the, she does the disappearing thing that, you know, that Luke did and then yeah. the Kylo did. Yeah. Ben did. She she's pretty much, you know, her hand falls down when. Ben gets stabbed through, right? And then Ray heals him, and you kind of think, oh, well, what did she just kill herself for if Ray's going to kill Kylo and then bring him back, right? But we don't really get that just yet in that moment. It's then, you know, Ray escapes, uh, and, and um, Kylo's uh, X-Wing, and then he's left there, and that's when, you know, his, his memory or his, his um, embodiment of his memory of Han shows up, and and I'm glad this hadn't been spoiled yet because you no, know I, the, yeah, totally you, didn't expect. You know this. how much Harrison Ford hates this character and hates these movies. You're kind of like, all right, well, what's the what's the point here, right? What what is this going to be? And you realize that they're kind of this isn't a force projection. This is just you know Ben Solo's actual memory. And you know when Ray has said, oh, he you know he wants to to forget the past cuz he's actually really is busted up inside with guilt over what he did and he's been replaying this in his mind over and over this is the confirmation of that that that's true right and they they start sort of saying the lines from force awakens from the bridge yeah. where he's like oh well, I, I i know what i have, I have to, to do, do but i don't know if i'm strong enough to do it they make it look like he's like in his mind is killing him over and over and over and we're about to see that happen again and that is essentially what's what he's doing to keep driving himself to be Kylo Ren. Uh, and then, you know, and maybe that's 
exactly what has happened in its own mind over and over. But this, we're seeing this because finally something different happens. And I love they gave us that quick little moment of misdirection before he just fucking takes his lightsaber and chucks it out in the ocean. You know, I was kind of like, oh, really? It was just the lightsaber all this time? <laughs> but, <laughs> the only thing of course, it's not. No. Uh, um, but it, it's, also, it's, maybe it's like, just hang on to that of, thing, dude. Of, you probably could use that when you go up against Pat. Like, just because it's red doesn't mean you have to be right. evil still. Like, um, but it's, you know, it's a visual metaphor. I liked it, though. It was kind of like, oh, this is a this is a real reason for him to be there. And it was the first moment I was kind of like, oh, there's an emotional beat here that actually did something where I finally uh, feel like his redemption arc has begun and it feels real to me. I felt I felt something from that moment. And I guarantee well, Harrison Ford wouldn't have done it if he didn't think it did that too. Yeah, or if he didn't think it was at least a well-written scene. There's, look, I love their dialogue and I think it was a well-written scene. It was well-acted. I think Adam Driver you know, really dials it up for this scene. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I think Ray healing him uh, certainly you know, I think that also went a long way into into softening him and and you know that coupled with his mother i mean he's always wanted i think there's a part of him who realized he made the wrong decision and especially after he killed his father in the force awakens thought that he was too far gone right to to do it because he's like there's no coming back for this my mother will never forgive me luke will never forgive me nobody's gonna forgive me for killing my father i can't i can't undo what i did like right that's that's a lot of the reason that i think he really digs in in the second movie because he that that's something he wrestles with the entire movie um i don't think number one i mean just in a totally meta sense outside of the context of the film to bring han back it like physically bring han back was obviously just like a fan service like oh my god i can't believe han's in this movie um there's no reason for him to physically appear on screen if you want to say he's wrestling with it that's obviously what they were implying and what you know the scene was showing us uh, to me, I, it would have made a lot more sense for it to be Luke because, you know, Luke ultimately is the one who failed him. And I don't think that character is can ever be fully redeemed for what he did. He's still like, I don't think he gets to get forgiven by his father who actually isn't there to forgive him. Like he needs to live with that, but he needs he could be forgiven by Leia in that moment or by Luke who. who but he's not being forgiven by anybody. It's his own internal memory that he's struggling with and people keep saying that he's struggling with it, but he's hiding that. Right. So you think, well, do they really know that? Or are they just uh, hoping he is? So this is the first time we really see a manifestation of his own memory of his own internal conflict. That's not just other people commenting I, on it. I just think um, somebody so that's what, that's why account. I thought it was believable. I think, I think he needs to have a conversation though with somebody about that. Who's not, Himself. Like he needs no, to not he have be a in therapy, but that's not a, a real profession in this world, <laughs> but, apparently. But no, but like he didn't uh, have like so. The whole thing is like he he needed to have a conversation with Luke because the last time they see each other, I mean, besides that, I agree that Luke says, you know, I'll see you around, kid, which he doesn't ever see him around, kid. Um, well, he doesn't necessarily see him seeing him around, but we presume that if he's all powerful, he can see him. No, I, you, you know what I mean? Like they never recover. Like I, I just thought no, that I, was, I, that was I, the right I, moment for him to, to fully, uh, you, to, 
it almost kind of what they did where it was like an inversion of the previous scene between him and Han. You could have just had the kind of inversion of the previous scene between him and Luke because the first, when they meet each other on crate in the second movie, he says, you know, I'm sorry, Ben, I failed you. And he's like, I'm sure you are like, and he's really like, just, he can't, he can't, he's so in his zone and so, so far gone in his own head that he has to tell himself, like, I can't, like no fuck this is the fucking guy who tried to kill me it's his fault that i'm this way and i I think that would be really powerful if you actually have the real luke you know obviously in force ghost form which is an actual established way that we've seen dead people come back uh in this movie come to him and say like no ben really i'm sorry like i this is really a lot of this is my fault you you know you were just a scared like and elaborate on what his pro- why he did what he did and why he was wrong to do it he's like you know you were a scared kid and and you just had all these emotions wrestling with you and the emperor. And you can even factor in. He doesn't, he doesn't care about that. That's, that's the thing is this isn't what should make sense as far as, uh, you know, healing a rift between his uncle or his mentor uh, and and him. It's about his guilt and grief over something he did. But I think, but much more recently, but, but, and that is why it's, it resonates. And that's why, it's so important for his redemption because this is the one big awful thing he's done. No, that of, we course, can't forgive of course, of hundred percent. He's got to come to terms with him having a, a tiff with, you know, Luke and a scene we don't even see only in flashback and killing a bunch of people that we never see at all. Um, doesn't oh, mean no, much to that's the another thing. That's another thing. So the, in the, in a comic that just came out, which is Canon, which is like, you know, the Kylo Ren backstory, basically, uh, it's actually revealed that he didn't kill any of the younglings or any of the Jedi uh, trainees at Luke's school. He actually tries to save a lot of them. Like he he did want to escape, like it, but he did try to save. He didn't want to brutally murder like a bunch of his fucking buddies. Like he just wanted to get away from from the cat. Like it, it, they imply he's not quite as evil as as he's like he didn't just slaughter a bunch of. So again, his one well, they un- show him in the flashback, or at least in Ray's visions, killing a bunch of people. Was that not? Well, he, he's, he's killed people in service of the empire. No question. But he didn't kill a bunch of Jedi, you know, younglings. Like he wasn't, he didn't pull the Anakin move. Like, like, which is implied in, in, in force awakens is that's what happens at the Academy. And then, so nobody was in the temple that he burns down. Nobody was, was, well, no, the Knights of Ren burn it down and they kill a lot of them, but he tried to actually kind of like, so, so the whole thing is also the Knights of Ren aren't, named after kylo ren like ren was like this famous sith who like he kind of like the emperor or uh snoke rather bestowed who i guess is the emperor (laughs) bestowed him with this honorific of kylo ren um to lead the knights of ren but the knights of ren aren't loyal to kylo they're loyal to the emperor ultimately you know we think it's snoke but clearly and we see that pretty well in um um (laughs) but but no but but really but like about the the whole I, i just don't think it I get that he's emotionally struggling. I don't think, I think it's cheap for the movie to have his father appear to manifest that rather than just have him. I I think it would be a lot more powerful to be like, look, you know, you did kill your dad. And like, that's something you cannot undo. And he's not going to be around to forgive you for it. And you need to, you know, I just thought it could be almost like not to compare it to this, but almost like the kind of like, it's not your fault scene from goodwill hunting. Like, you know, that just incredible, I've never uh, watched moment with hunting before because I was, you know, I was, oh, okay. it was terrible. So <laughs> whoever told you that's a fucking idiot. It's a great movie. It's it's one of the best Robin Williams dramatic performances fucking ever. That's yeah, no, hundred percent. You should see that movie. Um, 
fucking one best picture screenplay. It's great. Uh, Forrest Gump uh, one best picture screen. (laughs) Goodwill Hunting is not for, I know there's been some shitty best, but but great, great movie. I think (laughs) most people would agree. And Ben Affleck has gone on to write a lot of great movies. So like, it's, you know, um, but in any event, um, uh, I I just think that would have been a, a more powerful moment to have a conversation with somebody who, actually you know is partially responsible like i just again i just don't think bringing han back did anything other than like oh shit we got we got harrison ford to do this movie again and yeah we knew about this internal struggle but i think you could have accomplished that in a way that made more sense into the story and to the way that they've been telling the story like by having luke show up and have this conversation Mm -hmm. with him and just you know and fully cement his because at, at at the moment that Ray's flying away, he's I think he's already been solo. Like he's just he's got to take that little extra leap of, of mm-hmm. throwing the lightsaber away for sure. But he's you know between his mother you know giving him that last kindness, like I, I assume unless she was just like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to kill you. But like if it really was just like, hey, please, Ben, like you know, come back to me, kind of thing. Like right before she died, and Ray healing him, I think that was enough to show him that like, look. I've I've done horrible things to these people. I've murdered people just to get to them. I've tried to kill them and they still see the humanity in me. It's not too late for me. I think that moment was basically he could have been like tr- he could have had a replay of that conversation that he has on crate with Luke where he's like really trying to deny it but the, his heart's not in it and you could tell and it's like uh, no, you know, like I I, I you, you know, it, it's okay, Ben. Like, it, you know, it's okay to let go. And then it's, he can kind of even, he can even say that line, like, I know what I have to do, but I, I don't know if I have the strength. And he could throw the lightsaber in. I just think that would have been a, a more logical way to do that scene. Uh, I just, at that moment, I was like, eh, the other reason why um, it pays off well that uh, his father's there is because peppered throughout this entire film are mannerisms and gestures that Adam Driver chose to include that are direct homages oh, very to Han-esque. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Um, there's the, the way that he interrupts uh, General Hux by just pointing his finger at him. I mean, it's implied he like <laughs> sort of force chokes him, but more importantly, he like points at him. Like, don't say another word. Oh, so exactly. Somebody did the side by side of the Han and Leia. Yeah, um, there's a couple other ones, but my my favorite one is when he infiltrates the the you know the um, the Emperor's Sith Temple, Mm -hmm. uh, and he has to fight the Knights of Ren, and yeah, the shrug where he's getting his ass beat because he has no fucking lightsaber, uh, and will you know he he eventually does get one. We'll talk about how he gets it and why it was important. I love that to the too. Finale. That that scene but the, I, it was like, oh fuck. The 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 just sort of the nonverbal like now I have a lightsaber and you're all gonna fucking it's just like okay, now now the tables have turned and you're all gonna die. Uh yeah. the 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 open hand shrug, uh, you know, definitely definitely a, an actual callback to Harrison Ford when they take over the um uh the field generator on the moon of Endor, he does that great shrug that he's famous for. Um mm-hmm. That's to me why it mattered that, that we see Harrison Ford just for a moment and not, not because of those things, but like those are the things that would not have that resonance if we hadn't seen a little glimpse of him. I don't, I don't get off. I, I still would. I think we still would have gotten stuff like that. A but. second time. I don't, I don't mind like, Oh, there's my favorite character. Like I don't give a shit. It's only like Harrison Ford said to JJ, like convince me why it matters. Tell me why having me in there for that little moment makes a difference. Right. And, and to me, it mattered because it's the it was the only 
uh, I mean, it was the only thing you could really do to make that internal conflict um, about his father seem real. Up to that point, it was just conjecture. I, he, was, he was hiding it as a character and as an actor to, to not reveal that internal struggle. It's just everyone else is saying he's having a struggle. We don't, we don't really see it on him. Um, so to finally see it play out again, you know, like here, here's how it could have been different if I wasn't such a shithead and wasn't being controlled by this, this external uh, evil force. Here's what I would have liked to have done. Even still, he's like, he can't quite say I love you. To his father, and you know, of course, Harrison Ford gets. Well, dad, gets of course, the line. Says, I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I so, love. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm I, not I, a fucking I cyborg. I, I love that. that, but and there's, a, there's, you know, you could have other versions of it. You could have a whatever. I just liked what they did do. I, I, what they yeah. did do worked for me. That's it. That's fine. I, I don't, wanna, I don't want to get too hung up on it. I just personally felt like it was a shortcut and it was fan service, but. Uh, in, in any event, I mean, I, I do love the ultimate turn of, of, of Kylo back to Ben Solo, and I think it was largely executed, you know, very well. One of the better things about the, the through lines through the sequel trilogy, which at times has felt very all over the place. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, let's see. Sensing Leia's death, Ray heals Kylo and takes her takes his ship to exile herself on Octo, which which uh, conveniently had the other Wayfinder in it, even though it was in his destroyed star uh, X-Wing, not the one that he was in, or TIE Fighter, not X-Wing, excuse me. Um, but uh, so, okay, so the, uh, she goes to Octo, basically, to exile herself, right? Like, she's, you know, <laughs> wants to pull the Luke. Um, and uh, she, you know, burns his ship. Uh, she's throwing everything into it. She's basically saying, like, I, I'm not going to become the vision I see. I saw in in the in the emperor's, uh, you know, chambers. Like, I'm not going to become a Sith. I'm not going to join him. I'm not going to fulfill that prophecy. I'm just going to give up my my Jedi. I'm going to give up on becoming I'm being a Jedi. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, she throws her lightsaber in uh, to the fire and then Luke's force ghost catches it. Mm-hmm. Um which is a little, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess they've introduced some elements of like force ghosts being able to affect real physics. I think they really pushed it a little bit in the scene, uh, especially with what Luke does later. But, um, I, I mean, so, but, if, if, if force ghost Yoda can call down bolts of lightning, like not just force lightning, but like an actual bolt yeah, of that, lightning. That, from too, it, was kinda, <laughs> it was, it was a comedy moment, but also I was like, you can't really do that. <laughs> like you know, force goes at most, like, I don't know. I, again, hey, I, you know, who's to say what they kind of can't do. You know, if there's no new frontier about what you can do with that shit, then what's the point. But right? then can you kill them? Can you like, I mean, are they physical? But like, I don't know, whatever. It's just, it, it's a little so. hokey. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Um, well, it, it worked for me only because there would already been a scene between Luke and Forrest Gump. No, it, it, yeah, sure. It's admitted that he, and Yoda waxed him with he, the thing. He didn't admit he was wrong. He learned that he was wrong in that scene, or he learns uh, that he was wrong, or or begins to doubt um, his isolation, whether it was effective or not in that scene. Yeah, and there's always Yoda is always there in in the moment to, and and at the right moment to teach Luke a lesson. Even even old man grizzled, you know. Jedi Master Luke can still learn shit from Yoda. Yep, um, Luke's got his belt hiked up even higher now in this movie because he's a little bit older. His fucking hair too, like he just like does your hair still grow as a Force ghost? Because his hair was like lusciously long. Clearly, I mean, <laughs> a real go. Jesus thing what going on. I mean, the the fucking the the actor that played uh, you know Darth Vader, at least when he's unmasked, 
uh, got turned into Hayden Christensen. So clearly you can do a lot with the aging as a fucking coach. Well, 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 first he was like old man, you know, that was in the suit. And then they, yeah, then they reinserted Hayden yeah. Christensen, which is fine. Whatever. Um, the CG added the poor guy's eyebrows. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? Um, and then, yeah, all right. So Butch begs the question, why doesn't Obi-Wan show up as young Obi-Wan? <laughs> but whatever. Um, in, at the end of Return of Jedi. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Luke's Force spirit encourages Rey to face Palpatine and gives her Leia's lightsaber. Uh, yeah, and we talked a little bit about that scene, that flashback scene. And it's cool. And, and of course, Leia, you know, has in the expanded universe done Jedi training with Luke and has a lightsaber. Um, they they didn't really she just didn't she didn't like it. She was just like, I can kick your ass, but I don't really care about this stuff. Is essentially yeah. what the, the takeaway from that scene was. She was always better at diplomacy than than certainly than her husband, but then her brother as well. Like, and that's something they yeah. actually really play up on in the, in the expanded universe stuff, which I really enjoyed, you know, the, yeah. that they all bring a different dynamic. Like Luke is of course the, the, the adventurer and the, and the, you know, the, the, the young, you know, uh, young and hungry, like pilot and, you know, Jedi. Uh, and then Han is like, you know, has no people skills whatsoever, but he could sure fly a fucking plane and sure, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. sure charm like yeah <laughs> yeah i got laser sword guy um, and space plane guy and, and um, leia is the the consummate diplomat and she she's the one who really knows right. how to you know do this so i, I like that i mean that's fine um well, just introducing the idea that like you know she had her own lightsaber so, like, I, was, yeah. I was just like that would be that revelation alone you could have built a whole movie around you know that she was also uh you know did all this kind of stuff and um, and they don't really waste any time on that. That's what I love. I mean, you, you commented on the frenetic pace of the entire film. They do slow it down a couple times to catch your breath. But yeah, it's like part of the whole, uh, you know, this is going to be the most Star Wars you've ever experienced is just like constantly not taking time to be like, whoa, wait, what was that? What she had her own, like, they just move past it and you keep going and keep going and kind of like, oh, that's kind of like now there's two blue lightsabers from the same uh, era, ostensibly. Um and I'm glad that it wasn't, you know, the, 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 when you when you see how it's used in the end in a couple of different ways, it wasn't like, oh, now you just if you hook the two hilts together, now it's a double sided blue saber. Like, I'm glad they didn't do that because that was just going to be like, oh, that's come on. That's the best you could come up with. <laughs> like, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, they just the fact there was another one and it was known about all this time and we didn't know about it. I like that. Like having a little reveal, a little bit more lore there right if these are you know space sorcerers or whatever um and and just uh you know it, it means a little bit it doesn't mean a whole lot to me but i you know clearly means a whole lot in this world of this of this show um anyway yeah and and you know yeah for sure um <clears throat> um where was i saying yeah so uh ray leaves for exit so yeah so he gives he gives her Leia's lightsaber um you know, the X-Wing that was sitting underwater in, in, uh, last Jedi, uh, uh, Luke raises it, which is something he couldn't do in empire. Again, I, I, I think these movies should be more in service of the new characters. Like I love Luke, you know, <laughs> you know, eight year old me was like the biggest Luke Skywalker fan in the world. Uh, you know, I had the fucking lightsaber and the cost all that shit. I, I still think he should, I, th- I still think Ray should have been the one to raise the X-Wing in that moment. Like it just felt like a weird, uh, even beyond the physics of like how much can force ghosts affect things around them, it just seemed like 
this is Ray's story and it should be like, you know, do what I couldn't basically like, you know, well, I, clearly I know. This, I, this ocean planet uh, is freshwater, not saltwater. Cause that thing looked, <laughs> yeah, cause that fucking thing looked <laughs> um, and, no flooding in the engines. Like that thing was really, oh, uh, yeah, he, he must've been like cheap. prepping that thing for a while before she got there or, or it was you know, in a little, little force bubble all this time. Um, which is even more amazing to speak to his powers, but wasn't it? I mean, wasn't the door to his little stone hut made from like a panel from the wing? Like, wouldn't you have I to put that so. back on there to, before you could really <laughs> like, you know? Oh, by the way, here's the door, and that goes down. It's there, hot, which but. he exploded, by the way, in the last movie. So who knows where that fucking door is? Oh, the well, door I, might be they, on the other they, side. The door of the was island. back on there. They sh- you could see the door in the scene when he's talking to her. Oh, they had you? that one one short little scene back in his little little stone hut there. Um, but yeah, when they raised the fucking thing, I was like, all right, you know, that's clear. Like we've seen this before. Okay. Whatever that, that didn't, it didn't detract too much. Cause there was enough things I thought were original and new. Um, but I couldn't get over the door cause the, I knew the door was from a panel on the ship and I was like, <laughs> you got to put the door back. You just have that to. Makes, that makes me wonder, like did force ghost Luke, like build that thing back? Did he make those poor, like uh, fish nurse nun ladies build, build his fucking hut back for him? after he blew it away because they're constantly rebuilding shit that ray blew up you know like in her jedi training on their island it's a very rough existence on octo not not a fun you know not a fun life for any of the any of the indigenous uh wildlife on octo no Um, No. poor porgs getting fucking roast spit roasted you know by chewy it's like just nobody nobody catches a break on on that island did you see the um, interview um, Daisy really did on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel or one of the late night shows. And uh, there was like some, some audience questions or just questions, whatever, uh, where she was like, well, what do you, they, they asked Daisy really, what do you like better, the Porgs or Baby Yoda? She's like, oh, I love Baby Yoda way better. <laughs> yeah, Are you kidding? No. The, was she was like, the, the Porgs were stupid and they were only there to like cover up the, the like the actual birds, the, the, you know, puffins or whatever. Um, that were constantly fucking up the shots we were trying to pull off. Uh, so yeah, they were just a reminder of how much, how like brutal that that shoot was on that fucking island. <laughs> and you can tell she's not like uh, holding anything back either. And you can tell that Daisy Ridley is, by and large, probably completely sick <laughs> of Star Wars, uh, especially doing the promotional stuff and just you know like a lot of them seem any, to be. Anytime you walk down the streets, it's you know you know fucking. It's like Aaron Paul with the Gatorade me bitch thing. It's like you're never going to not hear that forever, right? <laughs> you're never going to have a real interaction without somebody be like, oh, hey, what's your feeling? Like, I don't want to fucking yeah. think about it. God damn. Yeah. No, uh, what's his face? Uh, Alec Guinness is lucky that he died not long after, uh, for, I think, the first or second Star Wars movie because he he's like, of all people, like, if I, I could just imagine him just be like, oh the fuck away from me like you know coming up to talk to him about star Wars. like he hated it at the moment at the time of filming he's like this is fucking stupid this is the stupidest thing when how did my career fall this slow that i'm doing this hacky ass dialogue um oh but- yeah and it, yeah <laughs> exactly shit. at the time he was like this is the this is how i want to end my career um what's the fucking the 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 singing dancing singing in the rain guy famous actor um, um gene kelly gene kelly uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The last film he ever did was fucking Xanadu, the the ter- oh god terribly uh, overdubbed <laughs> I've seen it, yeah. disco movie starring what's his name from uh, from the Warriors who uh, is admittedly a great a great movie the Warriors 
uh, yeah, just Xanadu was terrible. You have to like they were just they were writing dialogue on the day because they were just doing like you know nonstop coke binges all night, not having any idea what the movie was actually about, other than that the you know this woman was like a uh, a daughter of the Greek god Zeus, and the movie was going to be about um, revamping a fucking like roller disco. Okay. And that was it. And then uh, Electric Light Orchestra did the whole soundtrack. And they were like, well, we don't need a script. <laughs> so, like, Gene Kelly's just like, what the fuck happened to my career? I just want to <laughs> die after this piece of shit's over. Oh, God. Um, and br- just a little sidebar, because actually uh, this, you know, talking about the press tour reminded me. So, uh, you know, there were people like on this. This press tour has been fascinating because very much like when when marvel actors do move like press tours it's very you know any any kind of big franchise it's typically a united front like nobody shit talks anybody else like everyone's like oh no we loved it even if they didn't this press tour has been very interesting for a lot of reasons um i think you know you you see like john boyega really uh really pretty outspoken about how much he didn't like the last jedi um, which I understand on his part because I don't think you know he got a ton to do in the last Jedi. Mm, yeah. uh, his story was was very much you know replaceable. But but then you see someone like Oscar Isaac, who I think got a lot to do in this movie, still seemed to just be really like not. I, I think he maybe you know didn't love the the direction the movie took because he's just very like he he'd be asked constantly like, well, you see your self doing a Disney Plus series is like no absolutely not like it's just oh. there's like a million videos of him from the press store being like I just am so he done with this franchise a, like, a legitimate gay romance with with fucking Finn that's and, he, and, and pretty that's much my biggest problem it. with this fucking movie <laughs> yeah is that they just were so fucking cowardly and and backed off and this is not on JJ necessarily this is probably more on Disney and and you know being this fucking global company who loves to cater to the entirety of their audience including the right-wing fucking chuds who hated the it's, it's not even that it's, it's it's china and it's saudi arabia and it's yeah it's, that, it's that too. not I mean, as though they couldn't cut a scene out of the movie because they're going to cut out that lesbian kiss out of the movie for china and saudi arabia anyway oh wait what lesbian kiss i i, I blinked for a moment i didn't see it <laughs> you mean the the, the, the <laughs> point five second kiss between two characters who i couldn't name for a million fucking dollars in the background of a celebration yeah, shot you know, that they know. all talked up like there was some big fucking you know social like like it was this big moment in star wars it was like a it, that was a moment for them to pat themselves on the back while doing absolutely nothing in a scene hey, that could Anthony, be look we already had a biracial kiss on tv 55 years ago just settle down okay? <laughs> baby steps baby steps not too much progress i actually have a, a, an audio clip of, of oscar from and i love that he was pushing for this and not only is it like oh well we should have more representation it totally fucking made sense with the story they told with with finn and poe the entirety of this saga and he really makes the case for that in like 30 seconds here yeah and he basically alludes to disney being too cowardly to do it so let me play the audio from that because it's the right thing to do yeah i think that there was a really there could have been a very interesting forward thinking like or not even forward thinking just like current thinking love story there you know it's something that hadn't quite been explored yet particularly the dynamic between these two men in war that had fallen in love with each other oh Oh, no. Oh, Cameron, you're alive? Buddy. You completed my mission, Finn. That's my jacket. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. Keep it. It suits you. And I, I would try to push it a bit in that direction, but the, the, the Disney overlords were not ready to do that. Uh, 
though. The truth telling comes tell, out like, his, now that the press junkets come winding down. Yeah, I know. And you could tell like his performance too, and in, in all of the movies, but especially in the second movie, like when he kind of like really got that vibe from the first movie. Like I think he mm-hmm. really was going in that direction. So it would be an like with his performance, so it would be an easy transition if Disney let them pull the trigger on that and they were just too afraid to do it and it's like <laughs> yeah that it, just bothers me because like that's you know well in in it's still an evil empire disney and it's it's hard to ever root for and this is the problem global, we run into in the mandalorian it's like it's a global market one in five film goers is chinese globally <laughs> right uh in yeah. china you know much as we are leftists on this show and our other shows um you know china's not the good guy <laughs> when it comes to uh, left-wing politics. They're extremely authoritarian, extremely culturally regressive. Oh, but they're communists. Uh, Doesn't that mean they're uber-leftists? <laughs> yeah. They're definitely not cultural Marxists. Because I'm a fucking child who has no 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 things. concept of... Yeah, so, yeah, it, it's... it's And, it, it you know, we almost like, well, why, why can't they just have, like, a, you know, like a confirmation of a, of a uh, homosexual relationship and then cut it out for the film there? And it's like, as filmmakers, like, that should never be a question. You should never have, like, oh, we'll cut the scene out of, of the market for this other... <laughs> Uh, country to, to make more money they're like no you just fucking do it the thing i love though the thing i love is that you do you get the very end you get the the three-way hug between poe finn and ray which to me validates my personal uh worldview which is that they uh they all this time we're actually in like a polyamorous triad which that that the three way hug did it for me. I was like, okay, real it might not be the in the script. The exactly, it may not be in the script, but the three of them are in a fucking they're they're in a thruple, uh, to quote the yeah. the, the, oh, the, the boomer parlance of our times. Trust me, it's all it, listen. That's not a real word, so they just made that up on Fox. No, I know, but a triad is what it's. You ever see that people. that super clip of like Fox that like super cut of Fox News yeah, saying thruple? I, I, like I took a knife and, and cut out my eardrums after I heard that because I was. Just like no, 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 no. Um, but I, but and, and Oscar Isaac's a real fucking actor, and like he he's like man, that would have been such a good thing to sink my teeth into as a performer, and I, I really yeah. it bums me out. And that's just one other tweak that this movie could have made that wouldn't have felt forced at all, and it would have felt like he explained it. It's like a really logical thing, especially if these two characters uh, were gay. It was like it, it's just a logical progression of storytelling. It's like you spend time with these people in these life or death situations. It's the same concept of every fucking action movie. Like you, like that that features a man and a woman. Like you know, there's about six thousand of those made in the '90s where you get thrust into, you know, these crazy circumstances and then they fall in love. They, and it's like, yeah, exactly. The movie Speed even comments upon it at the very end. <laughs> yeah, they joke about it at yeah. the end. That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking that's it. Yeah, it's just like, but that's such a trope, and it's like, why don't you just do that? you know, in a direction that would really resonate with people who have never felt that they've been represented yeah, in Star it's Wars. It's just not going to happen. Star Wars has never been a forward-thinking vehicle the way that Star Trek was and always was meant to, the way that Gene Rodmere was trying to inject uh, basically socialist propaganda into a mainstream uh, primetime TV show back in the, in the mid to late 60s. Um, but yeah, it's funny because everyone always always cites a, 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 the first interracial kisses between uh, Captain Kirk and Uhura, on that show uh it's actually not it's actually in the background of a scene there's um i forget the name of the character but she's like one of the nurses uh on the in the the sick bay the enterprise has like a like on the mouth kiss with with uhura but it's like a friend kiss and they it's just like you know women kiss that's not a big deal and they're kind Mm -hmm. of like saying goodbye or whatever 
Um, there's no focus on it, but that actually aired, you know, and keep in mind, this is background action, not, not like, Oh, the camera's in the here and here's a lusty scene. Um, like a, a year prior to the, to the scene that everyone talks about as being the first. So either mm-hmm. way, Star Trek still did it first. It's just, they did it on accident yeah. first. <laughs> did people shit their pants about the background scene too, or does nobody even know? No, because it was not, it was background action and it, wasn't, yeah, it yeah. wasn't the focus. And it was sort of like, Hey, we're girlfriends. We're just, you know, hey, you know, that was it. Uh, yeah. But it wasn't chased, very chased. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but definitely was not on the cheek. It was definitely like you know on on the lips. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, it just and again, this is like this is a meta thing. This isn't with the narrative. It just bums me out that like the company is such a shitty you know like uber capitalist. Like we can't fucking ever d- disappoint a single viewer. Like it's just like well, why don't you just be inclusive and say like fuck you. Like if you if you want to cut it out, you cut it out. If not, then you like I don't know whatever. Again, it's like they try to portray themselves as the good guys in, in a lot of these cases because of like they had an LGBT kiss. But again, it's like so obviously made to be cut out. Like it's not anything. It's not even yeah. same between characters we know. Like even if it was like Rose and another fucking deck officer, like it, that would have been at least something. It's like, oh, this character we know. Although that wouldn't have made sense because she was like into Finn. But whatever. You know, again, it's like this whatever. Um uh, where were we? So yes, yeah, so uh, he she he pulls up the X wing, uh, and she flies off to Exegol. Um, Kylo converses with Han. We talked about that. He becomes Ben Solo. Um, uh, it's so Palpatine has one of his uh, super laser equipped star destroyers obliterate Kajimi, even though everyone we care about presumably got off the, the got off the planet before that. Uh, obviously, we see. Uh, 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 what's her name? Carrie Russell's Carrie Russell's character uh, leave, uh, and I think Babu Frick we also see leave. Uh, but so basically, everyone we care about's off that planet. But they did also just genocide this whole planet full of people. Uh, and again, when you have a death, when you it's it's like it's you know Chekhov's Death Star adjacent weapon, you have to use it on on some planet to show that it works in order to have stakes in the last scene. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it, it was a very, I mean, I liked that it was, um, it was almost like a, like a, like a city out of polar express, you know, like all the, like cobble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very much stairways. And it's snowing the whole time. Very and I was cool. like, Oh, Fine. Like, yeah. what, a, what a, you know, we haven't really seen this before, but like, Oh, we're just going to d- blow all that up. All right. Okay. Whatever. Um, ton of, ton of cameos, by the way, in that scene, John Williams, uh, famous composer, amazing you know legendary composer is actually the bartender in that scene with the eye patch uh which was you know fun to get him into yeah, that he's finally canon now after um, all these uh, decades <laughs> <laughs> also kevin smith actually has a cameo on the street in one of those he's like completely dressed head to toe you can't can't tell it's him but like there's a bunch of little random cameos in that scene because it's yeah you know jj loves to put his buddies and stuff and that was the one scene where it was like well there's a bunch of randoms in this scene so throw them in the background, you know, like, like the casino planet. It's like, you always have to have that one scene where you could throw a bunch of random ass cameos, you know, fucking Kevin from the leftovers shows up in that casino scene, uh, for, you know, for two seconds. It, yeah. So that's, you know, that was fun. Um, yeah. So at the resistance base, R2D2 restores C3PO's memory upon the group's return. Uh, the resistance follows raised coordinates to Exegol. Uh, cause she, you know, it, 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 was, it made sense. It was cool. she, basically was sending them tracking beacons or like tracking, you know, pings as she was following the wayfinder so that they can all find their way to Exegol. So what didn't um, quite uh, make sense for me, and this is, you know, obviously a small uh, thing, but when 
she's like, well, I don't know how to do what, what you tell me I have to do. And, and the force ghost Luke says, you know, he like says it twice. He reiterates, you have everything you need to complete your mission or whatever. And then she goes to, to like the wreckage of, uh, of Kylo's X-Wing and like, oh, here's the other little uh, uh, pyramid-shaped uh, Tesseract, whatever the fuck, monkey oh, yeah. thing. And I was like, really? You flew all the way here and didn't know that was, like, you didn't see that? Just chilling right there in the cabin? You didn't sense it? <laughs> You've been looking for this fucking thing this entire movie. You're the most powerful Jedi in the fucking yeah, galaxy. It wasn't right like it was hidden in a box and whatever under the fucking chair. It was like sitting up top. It wasn't it wasn't it was like, like hidden in like Ozymandias's <laughs> lead lined fucking tachyon. She, the whole time she's like, Well, I saw this thing that looked exactly like it that he crushed with his hand. Here's another one in the cockpit with wires sticking out of it and making all kinds of you know bleep bloop. Which she knew he had because he, he got to the Emperor, so she knew he had the other one. Yeah. So like, yeah, you would think she would check, but whatever um, they should like you know have a scene where she looks right at it goes, yeah that's probably not one of those it couldn't be two i would have known about it and then later on she's like oh that yeah. was really stupid of me <laughs> i just and again it's like I, there's parts of this movie and i've i think we've talked about a lot of them right that i really like i just feel like it was too convoluted for its own good and one of the things i like about star wars is that it a lot of moments are given time to breathe and that's important for characterization and building these characters is to give moments time to breathe and not just jumping. Like I'm fine with burning through a lot of plot, but I felt like this movie burned through two movies of plot because JJ was pissed that the second movie didn't go in the direction he wanted it to. So it was almost like, well, I got to get, I want to get this movie to where I was going to get it to regardless at the end of the force awakens. And rather than like say, all right, well, hmm, I got to really rethink this because this movie went in directions I wouldn't have gone in. Um, he just kind of, it seems like he jammed the plot of his second movie and his third movie into this movie. Cause I feel like this whole, like Kylo Ren looking for the holocron could have been like the, his plot to the second movie. I don't think it would have been as good of a second movie, but yeah. I think that it's, it felt like I it never, was very much like, uh, yeah, I, I never liked worth when plot. the MacGuffin in, um, when the MacGuffin in Star Wars is a physical object that has to be a prop, right? I like when it's a. Thing. It's very video game. It's like just not yeah, good storytelling. Like, like in the, in the first one, it's like, oh, well, R2 has the information in him, right? So that's why yeah, they're after exactly. him. But R2 is a character, right? Or, yeah. uh, you know, the plans for the Death Star in Rogue One, like, yeah, they're in this database and eventually we have to get them on a disc, but then the disc doesn't really matter because we have to upload it. Like, it, it, it takes different forms, but that's not the point, right? Um, yeah. But when you make it like, oh, it's this, this you know, object we have to track down. Okay. Oh, it's this saber with the inscription on it. Like, that to me is not... It becomes the Goonies. Like, this movie was the Goonies for the first <laughs> half of the right, movie. Right, right. <laughs> and, and those things don't, like, take away from it for me. It's just, like, that's not... That's stuff for you know the cartoon version, not this. Like whatever. Yeah, the, maybe that's. Maybe and I'm that's not even opposed to MacGuffins. Yeah. I'm not even opposed to MacGuffins where you can have a, you know, it's it's like oh we got to knock down the field generator to get to the thing before you can like okay that's sort of a MacGuffin, but it's like you would have to do that sort of, you know. But um, anytime there's like an object, uh, the only the only physical object that should really be important to these characters is like, you got the fucking lightsaber and you got the millennium Falcon. And then you got the force, which is invisible. Uh, and you can manifest yeah. it with, you know, lightning or you can push people over without touching them, or you can, you know, trick them into doing things that they're dumb. Right. Like that's all this should yeah. be. <laughs> and then, you know, you can heal. Those, somebody are tools. The other kind, those aren't right? even like, 
So, like, I would not find an, a movie interesting if it was like trying to find the Millennium Falcon for the entire movie. It's like those. No, the, you know, that can it, be it's just not it, interesting. It can't be the whole thing, obviously. Yeah, it's not Indiana Jones. Like that's there's that's a different type of you know series. Like if you want that, there's Indiana Jones does a way better job of <laughs> you know like searching for artifact. Like that's that's cool because that's the whole point of that movie and that character. So like sure. that's not what I want out of Star Wars. But again, it doesn't take it away or it doesn't take anything away from me that that was a part of this because yeah. the emotional beats do work uh, for the most part. No. And again, I agree that the emotional beats largely work. And I, I just wish it would have been built on a better foundation of a film. Cause I would have fucking unapologetically loved it. I just, I, I would have loved the emotional beats to be nearly identical from this movie with a, a better told and less convoluted plot to set those beats up. Because I think that the, second and even the first movie in this in this trilogy did a good job of that and i think this movie just really i think he i think he just kind of almost panicked a little bit when he got handed back the reins and was like i gotta get i gotta get my entirety of the story in or otherwise it won't make sense and then it kind of just didn't make sense it kind of didn't even make sense too much story when the the MacGuffin in the first one he did uh for us weekends was like well there's two halves to a map and we have to have both halves to find luke skywalker and it's like oh god really (laughs) it's like okay uh so no one has a star chart of the whole galaxy really <laughs> like okay oh and that's one other thing i want to complain about to not not to you but like to people who bitched about what ryan did with with luke luke ryan's not the one who put luke in exile like he needed to find a logical reason why luke would have exiled himself and not shown up for any of the shit that happened in between the rise of the fucking first order basically the empire reforming why he would have just sat out the entire time and that's jj's fault because he put them on that island right. in exile this entire time so i thought the most logical thing to do was give him a traumatic reason that he can't pick up his lightsaber again. Right. So I, th- I think that that, you know, that he was kind of almost backed into that decision, but it ended up, I think one of the best somewhat you know, arcs in the film. Or they just, people just blame him because he wasn't JJ and they think that that entire film was an anomaly uh, and was trying, you know, like that, like each film was trying to undo the other. And I, I still don't think that that is, is nearly as much the case as we have sort of assumed it has been. Um, I, I can't really expound, expound upon it more than that, other than the way that the ways that this film sticks with a lot of those things that Johnson's film does and provides, you know, addic- additional explanation for some of it, you know, especially with the parents, you know, like, well, they were nobody. But I, the, the only the only line that doesn't make sense, though, is you know, unless he's just totally lying is when he's like, oh, they sold you for drinking money. It's like, well, th- that you know, could be true, but we see a flashback where that's clearly not the case. Like they were, they, yeah, they, they were really trying to protect. I mean, look, yeah. Whether, whether you want to say it tracks or not, there's no question that each of them intended different. Like I think Ryan Johnson wholeheartedly intended for that to mean that she really was Ray from, from nowhere. And that she, you know, rose up out of nothing to become this hero. And JJ didn't want to do that. I, I, I think, you know, you could certainly say he did a good job of tying it in, which I, I can agree. Like he did a good job of explaining it, but I don't think for a second that the two of them didn't have cross purposes with that. They have that, meetings that's about like biggest... every last little detail. I cannot believe that if you Ryan, Ryan said he got a blank slate when un... he got that script, he got no direction. The, he could he couldn't have called crazy. someone and been like, "Hey, cat, uh, you know." Uh, was it Kathleen Kennedy, Catherine Kennedy? This, which I, this might be her fucking she, fault because she didn't she didn't say like do this like that's that seems crazy to me that they didn't have a fucking blueprint for this story like it, 
like, and that's again, I know people are like, oh, well, Lucas added things later on, but Lucas still had an overarching idea of where he wanted to go with the story. Yeah. If you're going to give somebody a script, a, a job and say, hey, write the second movie to this trilogy where you have no idea where it's going. They're going to just write whatever the fuck they like want unless you tell them, hey, this is what we want to happen in the third movie. This is what we want to happen with this character. Mm-hmm. It's fucking unbelievable that a four billion dollar franchise like they did. They just didn't give anyone any direction and say, hey, this is what you should do. That's fucking baffling to me. Like, still, I don't know. There was a major miscommunication where somebody called him up and be like, hey, are you OK with me doing this? And they said, yeah, absolutely. Why would that be a problem? And then later on, someone's like, oh, here's why it's a problem. Here's why it's going to cause a conflict or a rift. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, they've, they've probably learned the lesson with the original trilogy. It was, it was three different directors for the first trilogy. Right. Uh, and that didn't seem to cause a problem. They probably thought there's no problem here. The director is just the, the, you know, captain of a ship anyway, they're not charting the course, but, uh, it sounds like they yeah. did have a lot more ability to chart the course. And then, well, that's the thing. It's people, you know, kind of there were different, didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and there were different writers in, in you know, uh, in the in the original trilogy, but Lucas still said, this is what's going to happen. I just want you to basically they brought on screenwriters. They didn't bring on writers to write these. They didn't bring, bring on people to write the story. They basically brought in people to write the dialogue, which Lucas has never been good at. I mean, that's always his right. weakest uh, point. So, like, he still said, like, this is where I want the story to go. And I think you need that for better or for worse. Like I would have rather had an all JJ or an all Ryan Johnson or an all fucking Quentin Tarantino, like whoever, like dude, like trilogy. If that would have been an all Terrence Malick really Star Wars. There's no dialogue whatsoever. <laughs> Just beautiful shots of double sunsets. There and you fucking, go. Brad Pitt's um, finally a Jedi and he has not a word to say. <laughs> the massive, massive gigantic trees on Kashyyyk yeah no um but but you just let 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 one creative vision you know guide this thing I just think that was the biggest failing of this trilogy and you know I again I would have accepted either one of them uh but I I think that unfortunately or just don't bring people on who are gonna not follow the blueprint uh and then either way it would have worked but um and also, I want to point out the writer of this movie, co-writer Chris Terrio, also wrote Batman v Superman and Justice League. But whatever, just not a dig, just a subtle, Oof. just subtle thing. In the- <laughs> okay. All right. One of the only so, other things he's he's known for uh, is is Batman v Superman, Justice League, and Argo. The one good film he's ever written, Argo, yeah. of his entire filmography. So, as far as the the plot synopsis, are we are we getting close to the end here? Are we? Uh... Yeah, yeah, we're almost done. Yeah, no, we got a lot. <laughs> we're just it's running real long. No, we're I mean we're almost at the end. We're at Exegol. So, um, <clears throat> and by the way, JJ Abrams wrote the screenplay at Armageddon. But moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I just had to get that last dig in. Uh, so uh, at the Resistance base, our t- okay. Now I got this part. Um, Resistance follows Ray's coordinates to Exegol, where she confronts Palpatine. Uh, he demands she kill him to transfer a spirit into her, um, which, again, I don't, you know, I guess, sure. If she were to totally cheat, like, his whole thing, his whole time has been, like, he wants to cheat death, he wants to live forever, but now he's willing to let her kill him so he can live inside of her, which is not something they've ever established, but whatever. Um, Lando brings reinforcements from across the galaxy to join the battle. I, you know, and and I'm look. I'm not. I'm not a fucking monster. I'm not dead inside. I, you know, when when they, when ever when all hope was lost in the battle, and then they hit that fucking triumphant fanfare, and 
every all these ships start zipping out of hyperspace like it you know it, that's a soaring moment i i was like oh fuck this is awesome yeah it was a fuck i got caught up too. in it i was like how did they how many ships are there how many ships are actually animated in that one See, I, I didn't nobody crash into each was, other coming out of hyper drive like in that hey I, you just the plot those coordinates all at the same time by just hitting a button apparently um no i i the, there was a one another thing that was a great uh, continuation for me from the Ryan Johnson's film to this film, which was, you know, we, we spent all this time with the C plot in last Jedi liberating these, these, uh, space horses, these racetrack space horses from this, uh, casino city. And that was like a huge important thing that we've spent like what, 10, 15 minutes on was, was the, the space horses escaping, uh, and then it's just like, well, what was the point of that? Like, okay, liberation, I get it. Um, that's great. But the the fact that they, you know, had to take out this, you know, mega imperial ship thing. Um, but they're like, oh, we're going to do a ground assault on top of the hull of the ship with the space horses. And the way they revealed it, I was kind of like, OK, clearly they're not the same space horses, let alone the same species, the same of species space, space yeah. horse. But thematically, it was still kind of like, OK, to in, in my you know, sort of Steven Spielberg brain. I was like, these are the same space horses. <laughs> I know I, it was like, you should have just made them the same species. Like that would have been, would have been cool. Like, it would have been cool. It was like, Oh, by the way, here's where, those, here's where those giant horses went. Uh, just like so many little tweaks that would have made this movie so much better. I just, I, you know, I, I yeah, yeah. I, don't yeah. Know. I think to, um, to make them the exact same animals would have been more convoluted than just kind of like, Oh, the horse wrangler lady is here and she has a purpose. And, uh, more than than Rose does, um, yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, Star Wars like planets are basically countries in Star Wars, and there's right. animals on you know North America that are there's that we, all kind. I mean, them. all space horses yeah. are, are psychically linked uh, in in this universe, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, no. The the thing um, that I love, the thing that really uh, that I thought was great was yeah, Palpatine's down here. Uh, in this this huge sort of like uh, double sided Jawa uh, arena sand crawler, but it's not. It's a temple. Kind of looked like two of them stuck in, uh, ass to ass. And is this giant arena? And there's thousands and thousands of other Sith there. But are they really there? Are they just projections of him? Are they actually there or not? We don't really know. Fucking knows. But, it, but it's like the first time because, you know, throughout all these movies, the Sith are always this ancient thing. We never see more than two at a time. Right. Now, I know that, you know, in other, other uh, expanded stuff, there's more, whatever. But this is the first time we see, like, how big this organization is or has been throughout time. And they're all there. And the threat seems much more... Um, palpable <laughs> to to not to it, it does that. but again i don't know they felt a little like the 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 faceless creatures in suicide squad though it's like they're all just like these faceless kind of hooded sure they're like just spectators but you still feel things, yeah. the the scale you know is, is much bigger the space battle is the biggest the surrounding ever. evil you know it, yeah. and and he's telling them well you're all alone there's no one here to help you and look at all the people that i have but of course that's a lie and you you feel like well these are all just a construct anyway it's not real but it's part of an illusion I'm yeah. doing to scare or the you. spirits of Sith and you and that's kind of the whole thing is like you know Palpatine's whole thing is like I can only really scare people I, I'm not that powerful or I can kill like, like four or five them. people at a time but really my my power is to 
get thousands of other people to fight a war for me. I'm still just one guy that doesn't have his power is persuasion. He's he's very much like the dark uh, rep, dark uh, half of Leia. His like his whole thing is like diplomacy and like right. tricking people into figuring out into doing the things he. I mean the you know the way they told his his manipulation of Anakin in the prequels is masterful and like one of the only good, really good like through lines throughout that mm. trilogy. And like that to me is like I don't know that his plan to to convert Ray was nearly as like well thought out as that. And then maybe that's a product of the fact that he only shows up in this movie and had no, you know, <laughs> business in the other two movies. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's again, it's like, you no, know, again, he's also, you know, an old decrepit man. Maybe his powers of persuasion are not what they once were. Or he's just, um, he's just a bullshitter. And like, whatever happens, he claims is the thing he planned all along. All this time I was the voice in your head. And I'm like, no, you weren't. You were just, you're just saying that now. Cause you're, you can, it's convenient. Um, but so, uh, you, you know, the, yeah, the only, per, the only yeah. time he really shows real power is after he like sucks their life force out. And now he can shoot force lightning miles into the air and hit thousands of objects at the same time and, you know, cut off their engines. And that's like really the only time you see him really do anything on his own that is, uh, you know, world changing. Yeah. That also didn't make sense to me because after his force lightning stopped they all regained their pet like you think their engines would be disabled like but they all just are like oh now we're fine um you know just just the the whole like idea of like an electric overload of their like it seems like that would be more significant like they would still most of them would still crash but uh it's star wars i guess yeah we're we're clearly not dealing with with physics here either because if they're all flying through the air that lightning wouldn't do shit to them they're not grounded to anything Right. Yeah, and that's so, also true. There's so a lot, yeah, there's the a lightning's lot. going up into the into the fucking air. Now, if it was lightning coming out of the sky, it's space wizard lightning, it doesn't behave like that. Sure, but it's you know okay, whatever. It doesn't behave like Earth lightning or, or space lightning. Yeah, <laughs> it's wizard lightning. Um, yeah. So okay. So yeah, Ben. Uh, over. You know, th- this is Ben's triumphant. You know, uh, face turn where he pops in. Um, you know, starts fighting with the Knights of Ren. They're kicking the shit out of him. Um, he uh in that moment you know leia pulls out her lightsaber um puts it behind her back uh and ben has his hand behind his back and we think you know uh she's gonna take it out to use it on palpatine but really she gives it to ben and you know through their force connection which was just a really great payoff for that little you know the dyad thing between them you know if you have totally totally well but it was i I love that it was a great payoff too because you know the the uh the snoke's death uh in uh, last jedi is one of the best moments where he's you know he's describing what kylo is about to do because he thinks kylo is going to kill ray because like he wants and at the same time he's kind of like preparing to do what he thinks snoke wants him to do uh the the the, delay he's turning (laughs) Uh, Ray well, slash so, Luke's lightsaber and then kills Snoke, right? And he, that's how he hides it. And then just like slices him in half and the blade comes flying through there and Ray grabs it. So this is almost like a little bit of a reference to that, the way. Yeah. Uh, and also well, like, what's just, great you know, about the, the, the other one at the, is at the end of that fight scene after they're fighting all the uh, Snoke's uh, guards is when, um, when uh, Kylo has no lightsaber, and Ray, or no, is, it, is that or the other way around? I can't remember which one it is. Where she, one of them tosses lightsaber to the other, and they just pop it on and off, and it like goes through the guy's head and kills him, right? Kylo, yeah, no, Kylo tosses Ray her lightsaber. Actually, there you go. I think. Yeah, there you she, go. She, she loses it, 
and then yeah he tosses it to her and then she pulls the aria maneuver before it was the aria maneuver <laughs> right um, right right which was great you know the drop through and then pfft. um but i love it but, and actually they don't show it that it's just like oh her her it's gone and then suddenly it's just in his hand you know and, and, we, and we knew immediately like oh fuck that's awesome like they you know <laughs> the payoff of the of the the idea that they can pass things to each other through this force connection or they awesome. or just actually did move through the air and we did, and we didn't see it like they just didn't show it but you know that's I, another you, you you could be right that it was yeah. really I, I, like through the you know i think it was just like the culmination of the the whole like you, they can reach and literally pull objects through their force connection yeah. kind of thing no, but, but in any event it, either way it was sense. cool yeah um, but, and, but actually what I love about that, you briefly mentioned that Snoke scene is like everything that Snoke is saying to him in that moment is right. He's like, where I, where I sense weakness, I sense resolve where I sense, you know, like he, oh, everything he's saying is true, but he, but all he can do is sense Kylo's feelings, like his emotions. So he's sensing resolve and he's sensing, you know, clarity and he's not sensing his, his uh, two minds anymore, like his conflict because he's made up his mind that he's going to kill Snoke. But Snoke doesn't know that because all he senses is emotion. Right. So that's actually a really cool bit of writing in that moment to like, yeah, to explain how he fooled Snoke into, you know, killing him in that moment. Um, Which is still consistent. But yeah, with, this is similar. Who the Emperor yeah. is, is that he is, is powerful and evil as he is. He's still uh, Can't read hy- mind. hyperly overconfident <laughs> in, in yeah. assessing um, the people around him who are about to, to strike him down. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Ben overpowers, uh, again, he has that unbelievable, one of the most, uh, everything he does in the scene, he really doesn't, I don't think he has any dialogue in the scene. He just, everything he does is just spot on and like fully embodying, like I am the son of Harrison Ford, Han Solo and this, but like, right. you know, the, again, we mentioned the shrug, just great. Uh, and, uh, he, manages to kick the shit out of the Knights of Ren, uh, who I guess worth, <laughs> I don't know why they came back, but I guess, you know, the, but the scene was cool. It was worth it. Um, yeah. Palpatine. Yeah. Palpatine drains the pair's power to root. So, and, and again, I love this scene where they both turn to him with their sabers to confront him. Just a really cool visual. Um, he drains the pair's power to rejuvenate himself. Um, and uh, so and that's, this is where he attacks the resistance fleet with the force lightning and he incapacitates Ben. He throws him down a hole. You know, presumably he dies, but obviously we know he, nobody ever nobody ever fucking dies from being thrown in a hole in Star Wars. If we've learned anything, you know, <laughs> the Emperor didn't do it. Fucking Boba Fett didn't die. We'll uh, talk about that in a minute. This will tie back into what Leia was doing all this time. Uh, as as to like you mentioned, there's there's so many death fakeouts in this movie that it's hard to know exactly what happened at the very end. Um, sure, I, yeah. I can at least kind of give my read on it once we get there. Well, see now if he did die and then came back, then that's even cheaper because he he dies again and then is brought back by like I don't know. It's just like how many fucking times are we well, going to kill people and bring them back from the dead? So there's two possibilities, um, right? So we we get uh, you know the the scene where he steals the life force and then he shocks all the ships, right? And you know he's blowing mm-hmm. up. Imperial ships and rebel ships alike. And he's like, Oh, it doesn't matter now. Cause I'm all powerful. I don't need any of these people. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it does, it's like, what is it? What, what do they do at that point? What happens at that point? Um, I think that's when Ray, that's when they conf- No, that's when Ray confronts him. So, well, here, let me read through the synopsis. Cause this is like that, 
this is that that part of it um so yeah he, he drains the pair's powers to rejuvenate himself he attacks the resistance fleet with force lightning and incapacitates ben ray weakened um so this is when she calls upon the jedi and you know the be with me thing which she tries to do earlier in the film but she can't she can't speak to the dead jedi she wants to speak to all the jedi who, who have come before her you know Let's for strength the jedi's manager <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she would like to speak yeah, to the yeah. Jedi's manager. Not time yet. Um, and and I and I love this scene. And I, again, this is just a thing that would have made it so much better. Is I don't know why we couldn't have gotten, if not all of their Force ghosts like standing behind her, like you know, just like propelling her up, like not li- like literally, but like you know, in spirit. Um, and again, maybe that we can't because they given Force ghosts too much physical power in the sequel trilogy, like literal physical power. Um, but if they were like the force ghosts from the original where they were just kind of silent observers, I would have loved to just seen, uh, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor and Anakin and Mace Windu and all of these cool fucking Easter eggs and people that, that show up in the scene and all these like Jedi who have died before her, like, you know, telling her that she's, you know, she to rise up and that she's the one to do like, I, I loved it, but I, I just think it would have been so much better, even if it had just been Anakin. Like, I feel like Anakin, the whole story is, this whole saga is about Anakin. It, it seems kind of crazy we didn't get an Anakin Force ghost in that moment or in a different moment, like maybe even in a moment to Kylo. Like, maybe that could have been who showed up to talk to Kylo. Like, you know, uh, the, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I felt like that was a little bit of a missed opportunity, but I guess I'll, maybe that would have been expensive to get them all in there. But, uh, you know. So it, you go for broke. It's the last fucking one. Like, just get whoever you can in there. Um, eh. But yeah, so she calls on them, and they they all speak to her, uh, and lend her strength, which was cool. I, I enjoyed that. Um, a lot of you know Easter eggs, obviously, also in that scene. Ah- uh, Ahsoka and Kanan. A lot of people from the animated series voices are now. So eventually she, the main yeah, eventually she gets two, she gets both these blue lightsabers and then he zaps her with electricity and she like deflects it. Deflects it. Yeah. With in the way that Mace them. Windu did in. Yeah. 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 Which apparently is the only way you can hurt him is to fucking like blast him with his own electricity. Which, which back like, at him. <laughs> why, why are you still shooting your lightning if they're like, it's being reflected in your face? Like stop shooting your lightning. No, you can't, point. you can't turn off at that point. You're, you're being zapped <laughs> in the face by your, it's like a ricochet. <laughs> You can't just, you know, <laughs> fucking undo the ricochet. It's already you've already but it's shot still coming it. out of his fingers. Like he's still oh, shooting back like as a feedback loop. It's just you know you you have too much volume coming out of the speaker no going sense. into the microphone. You can't turn it off. Uh, it yeah. made no oh, sense in the, in the <laughs> prequel either, but it's just whatever. I mean, whatever. it's it's established he's, canon that he's an idiot when it comes to his no. force lightning. If you want ultimate power, you have to have a feedback loop. That's just that's the fucking. I don't make the rules. I just follow. Them, <laughs> maybe, right? maybe it's maybe it's just like his ultimate cockiness. He's like, no, I could I can overpower. I could I could I could I could I could beat I could fight my way out of this one. <laughs> it's right. just like, dude, you're right. a fucking raisin. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're just not. This has not worked out well for you in the past. Um, no. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, well, so, so he so he, he uh, yeah. So he throws um, you know before he gets his face melted off. Uh, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark style. He uh, throws Kylo down a well, right? And like as, you know, the way that I was thrown down here, I'm going to do to you. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you do that to both of them? If that was you know, yeah. like, why <laughs> why only why only Kylo? Uh, but of course, okay. Now so you know, Emperor's dead galaxy saved they fucking blow up the 
superstar destroyer again. We see it, you know, the same one that's probably at every planet exploding. We see the Ewoks look up and uh, and all that. <clears throat> Wicked has a son, by the way. Wicked, who's you know the Warwick Davis Ewok head oh, Ewok yeah. character, now has a son. Which there is you go. I didn't even amusing. I didn't even notice they were the same, you know, or he was the same. Wicked was the same, but uh, I, I I read that after the fact. I didn't realize, yeah. but yeah, it was that was Wicked with his his son. So everyone, even even Wicked, gets a comeback, but no no comeback for Jar Jar in this movie. <laughs> Thank God. At least JJ you know, has some you know. sense. But okay, so so Kylo crawls out of the crevasse. You know, he climbs up and Ray's laying there dead. Right. And he's like, well, my last uh, last duty to perform is to force heal her back from being dead. And then she's elated. And then she kisses him, which is like, you know, half the fandom, even though Kylo's this awful, toxic human being, is still shipping this Ray Kylo romance. Right. So I felt like if anything, if any of the criticisms that you've had have been that that that, you know, this film was very fan service heavy. It was that one. It was the kiss there. there. Uh, and it was, you know, yeah, and, and, it was a and, weird and then, moment. And then Kylo laughs and then disappears. He's just like, Oh, I'm dead now. Uh, and then at the <laughs> same moment, um, you know, Leia's corpse under that sheet disappears. So oh, yeah, yeah. there's two possibilities. Either, uh, Kylo, uh, was just a force projection from Leia to revive Ray in that final moment. And he really is dead at the bottom of that crevasse that the emperor threw him down. Or he's been dead half the movie on this moon of Endor. And he's been a force projection all this time. And there was no redemption arc. And it was just Leia fucking making everyone think there was all this time. Or, or it was just him the whole time, and she died after realizing that she fully, you know, he's completed her, his turn back to Ben. So, like that, you know, the actual on-screen kind of uh, story to being told, like that, it really was. But nobody just disappears from someone else killing them. So it was well, well they, but their explanation was that he used his, the entirety of his force to bring her back to life. Oh, like he, he gotcha. used all of his force. Which is like, but why would that be tied to Leia? Why would that be tied to Leia unless she had some connection to that? Uh, You know, she's unless she was just hanging on to until. But did uh, okay? So I haven't seen this for like a few days. I thought she disappears after the Han thing. I didn't think she disappeared this late. Nope, it's simultaneous as as Kylo disappearing at the end after the kiss. So, but then then I thought like, well, maybe that was the laugh is like, it's just Leia laughing at the idea of being kissed by Ray Cause it's like, I'm not really, I'm not really my son. This, and this is about to all dissolve and disappear. And Ray's going to be confused. (laughs) I mean, it it would make sense. It's a possibility. I just don't, I don't like it. I think it's bad story. I like it's possibility. I just, I, I think the more plain text reading is that like, it was him the entire time. It was, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of overdone fan service to have them kiss. But I think it was maybe she held on to see his ultimate redemption and see. And once he was, once he let go and became one with the force or whatever, you know, his force essence, you know, drained out of him. She also was able to let go um, and, and, and be absorbed into the force. Okay. Now, again, the whole, the whole idea of like disappearing, is like you know you have to the original trilogy and the prequels established you have to be taught how to do that to be to let your body become one with the force like obi-wan learned how to do that from qui-gon who learned how to do it from yoda and presumably luke learned how to do it from 
Yoda also. I don't know. I mean, so like the whole idea that Leia knows how to do it and Kylo knows, or I, I don't know. I, it, it just, it gets a little convoluted at the end, but, but we don't see a Kylo force ghost. So who knows? Maybe he didn't learn how to do it. And his essence was just drained and he was absorbed into the force anyway. I don't know. Um, who knows? But in any event, um, but in that moment when he kisses her, that's another moment where I was like, that's fucking Hansa. Like the face he makes is just pure Harrison Ford. Like that was another moment where it's like, I, I thought that was a great bit of acting from him. And he, and he said in like the press junket, like there's one moment where you see Ben Solo's like true face before, you know, at the end of the movie where you see the true face of Ben Solo. And I thought that was really well conveyed by him in a scene where he has no dialogue. Um, you know, the completion of his character arc. So I, I really enjoyed a lot of that. Um, and I, and again, I, I just think it was cowardly to kill him too, because I would have loved to have seen the aftermath of that. Like with, what are the consequence? Like are Ray and him, they're not going to just live happily ever after. It's also like, Hey, you, you yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like, you, you turn this guy back to the, to the light side, but he's also a fucking war criminal. Like, like it would just been such a fascinating 10th movie to see like, what the what the larger implications for ben solo are going forward you know like how everyone treats him and like how he earns an ultimate redemption yeah i I don't think he does that's just why you got to kill him off because you know it's it's great you turn to the light side again but you killed your dad so uh uh you're you're dead (laughs) so you you save the hero i think it's more interesting see what would happen with other because that's the thing with like vader was we never get that he just you know he dies and that's what that was his arc and that was always his arc with ben i unless you just want to do a fucking retelling of the original trilogy which jj seemed to be intent on doing with both of his films it's like why don't you just do something different like that that would be an interesting subversion of the trope of the first movie it's like no let him live and like let's deal with the consequences and the fallout of him returning to the light and that's something that they do in a lot of, you know, expanded universe stuff, like where it's like a character is a Sith and then they reform themselves and or vice versa. And it's like the consequences and the fallout of that are, are interesting. And like, that's an interesting dynamic to play yeah, with. Yeah, they're in never the going to do that in one in a major trilogy movie. They're going to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do that in a comic where he'll, you know, he now because he converted just before he died, he will have a forest ghost and he'll have a thing, you know. It'll do something, but it's not as interesting. Uh, you know, I, I know. still, I, I still read it as like he's dead in the bottom of that crevasse, and whatever climbed out of there was completely a projection by Leia to save Ray. But he's pretty like, like physically beat. Like I, I the, the 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 on-screen storytelling to me said like this is still him. He survived. He's just physically, which is why she has to save him at the end because he's like so like you know beat to shit. Like his seems like his ribs are bro- like he crawls up there like very pain like it's not like he's oh you yeah know, it's a like force a, projection a force of whatever was dead down there that's what i'm saying <laughs> I, I just don't think that was on screen at all i think that's that's no. a way to explain that it that makes more read. sense than the visual story that they told us i think they told us a visual story that doesn't make sense and that's a way to make it seem like it was better writing than it actually was i, like, I can I only just, tell I would, you I what, it meant give them to that what i saw all right, that's fair. I just don't think they. I don't. I, I think you're giving them too much credit. Is all I'm saying. I don't think that was that was what they were trying to say. I think they wanted to have a moment where they kissed before he died because that was what all the fangirls and fanboys wanted from that scene. Is like 
Well, the, the then they're just thing. fucking with those people to have him disappear the minute that happens. Then I, I know it was like you don't serve anyone. <laughs> you 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 fucking piss everybody off with doing that. It just made no sense. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I actually like that scene less and less the more I think about it. So maybe we should move on um, for that reason. Well, but uh, you know, it, again, to me, the the fact that the instant he disappears, they cut to Leia disappearing. Or, you know, her corpse under that sheet disappearing. The fact that those things happen simultaneously is what makes it significant to me that it that he's already died, that his resurrection was purely a force projection. And we know that that kind of force projection can kill the person doing it, uh, but that she was sticking around to guide things a little bit uh, and to make sure that Ray was resuscitated. But his clothes stay behind, don't they? When, he, when his clothes sink to the floor. Mm, which which yeah. doesn't happen with force projections. No, with Luke, when he disappears, his whole everything disappears. So like that to me impl- implies that it was physically his body. Yeah, because when you get absorbed into the force, your clothes get left behind. But when you're a force projection like Luke was in Last Jedi, everything about you disappears. Like you you were never re- even the dice he gives Leia disappears. So like none of that was physically there. So we got so we got to see what's under that, that sheet and see if Leia's clothes are still there to know if this holds true. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <laughs> fucked up and I wish I wouldn't have said it now but uh anyway there like um, there's multiple ways you can read it and I don't care which one JJ intended I can see it different ways it doesn't take anything away from it uh I just thought it was interesting that you know the all this time uh throughout the whole film that when uh you know Carrie Fisher's not even in the film <laughs> technically that uh beyond the sort of awkward dialogue that they had to kind of uh, work with, you know, um, retcon the dialogue there that she still had something to do with the outcome of the film. We just don't exactly know. No, and you had to do that. I mean, precisely what it was that she still had a presence there. And I like that. That was, I thought that was really creative, uh, to whatever degree. Well, I think, I think she was the final push Ben needed in that scene on, on, on the, on, uh, the death star planet. Water world. Call it water world. Beer. Um, I think that was her her really dramatic, you know, kind of send off. And then, I, you know, whatever the last I, I think it was a little. But whatever, in any event. Um, so, yeah, he disappears, uh, never to face consequences. Uh, and uh, let's see the kiss. Ben dies, becoming one with the force. Resistance destroys the remainder of Palpatine's armada. Uh, pretty easily at that point. Um, as the resistance celebrates, Ray visits uh, the abandoned Lars homestead on Tatooine, where Luke grew up. She buries the Skywalker lightsabers, having built her own, and passerby asks her name. Oh, God. <laughs> this is another scene. I was just like, uh, and, a pa- and she says, you know, Ray Skywalker, she eventually settles on. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, and then, you know, obviously Rise of Skywalker, it was about Ben, but it was also about her. Um, it just real mixed messaging though with like you know well ray really is nobody but also she's a palpatine and also she's a skywalker even though like she's not related to them and like um the, the whole thing with tat- burying the lightsabers on tatooine like luke fucking hated tatooine and like was dying to escape there and leia's never been to tatooine as far as we know <laughs> um but her home planet of course was blown up uh well, she flew by it yeah obviously. um <laughs> yeah, she flew. She did a flyby. She did a flyby. Uh, I flew by, you know, the captured. Grand Canyon once, but so, I wouldn't, wouldn't have but, my okay, ashes keep, buried. Keep in mind that that Luke is still legendary to her, right? And her whole life up until the last couple of years, she'd heard stories 
about this person she wanted to emulate, right? So her going there is some kind of a closure and also still an act of self-discovery, right? Because, uh, you know, she expected to have all this training from someone who was going to, you know, be benevolent. And he, for the most part, wasn't. She's still trying to figure out who she is. Uh, but also she's taken lessons from, from, from Ben Solo, from Kylo, about leaving things in the past, right? So those lightsabers are the only, again, the real uh, sacred objects that should Headers. exist, uh, right? So the idea that she's, and she doesn't just throw them off a cliff, <clears throat> you know, she doesn't. Put, no, no, she gives them a, a proper, uh, yeah, like she, reverent burial, and whatever. Mind, this is a really dry planet, so they're not going to rust down there, right? And she sinks it pretty low. No one's going to like accidentally dig it up. Uh, oh, I mean, she, that's, she wraps that's it. So pretty, waiting for someone to come dig them up, though, in a sequel. Well, right, but she's the only one that knows where it is, except for this old lady who was probably in the very, you know, first first hope. We don't even know who she was in that movie. Uh, just a little Easter egg, but uh, you know, she ties it up like they're going to be there if she ever needs them. But she's built her own new yellow lightsaber, uh, you know, forging her own path, and has apparently used part of the hilt of her bow staff to make the hilt of her new yellow lightsaber, which. Uh, I was a little a little confused about that. I was like, wait, was it was her staff lightsaber so, all along, or was it just a thing that she read, no, that, read so, the books to learn how to make it out of her own kyber crystal and all that kind of stuff? So, well, so, um, what was I going to say? Uh, so the lightsaber crafting is like a really um, significant, like, and sacred thing to the Jedi, and it's part of your Jedi journey. And, like, the whole right. sequel trilogy she's been carrying around Luke's lightsaber and then Leia's lightsaber. So it was, I actually really liked that. And that was really important for her to build her own. That's important in a Jedi's journey. And I like the fact right. that she incorporated her staff. Cause it's like, this is her past. And then, you know, she, you know, the whole act, uh, the Kyber Chris, it's kind of like <laughs> to reference a, a, a lesser work. Oh, you know, I say lesser work, um, but Harry Potter, it's a whole, like the wand finds the wizard, not the other way around. The Kyber crystal kind of chooses the, the Jedi, not sure. the other way around. And the, the yellow um, uh, crystals were, were I, I believe it's called like Jedi consular. It's basically all the t- Jedi temple guards would have yellow lightsabers and it's kind of, supposed to represent a blend of teacher and warrior you know like the blue uh were like the guardians and then the green were more of like the uh the action heavy like not as not the 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 rebellious jedi more so um purple were supposed to be jedis who were kind of in touch with both light and dark sides in their fighting style even though they were still obviously light side you know beings they all have like their own properties attached to them. So I actually like that they gave her the yellow one because it's, it's heavily implied that she'll basically start a new Jedi order at the end of this movie. Like it, that, you know, between the shot of her on that burning man planet, like looking at the children, like learning how to, you know, do shit. Uh, and then like this, the, I, I think they are implying that like, she could be the, be the new, you know, Luke or new Yoda, where she actually mm-hmm. trains the next generation of Jedi, which I like. And I, I think that was a really good way to leave her character off, you know, on Tatooine with that kind of, uh, you know, idea for her future. Yeah. No, but it was, it was I, a CODA scene. That. Absolutely. Um, and I like they didn't have like all of her friends there with her 
you know, like, oh, you're not really alone because we're standing 10 feet off frame and we're all in support of you. Like, they didn't do that. <laughs> they did have the, they did have the uh, end know. of Billy Madison shot a little bit with, <laughs> right. like, you know, <laughs> with uh, Grief Karga and the alligator and Abraham Lincoln waving they at did, her. From, right, sure, they did do that. But it was, you know, that was part of, like, the whole, well, what's your last name? Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Skywalker. Oh, you like that? Ghost Mom and Dad? Okay. Uh, but I, I did. <laughs> solo. I mean, Parker, you know, Leia was more your, more your mom than anything. I mean, Luke was just the guy that like trained you and kind of treated you like shit but then ultimately you know but this old guy gave sure. me a gun <laughs> so that's way cooler <laughs> than all the other shit but i did i did yeah. sort of like that you know bb8 is there with her who she's clearly like forcefully adopted from poe like clearly they, they have the scene in the beginning and he's yeah, like she, she just gets everything she gets a millennium falcon she gets yeah poe. she's just she's a fucking wonder kid uh who gets to have all the things and and i would love to have seen the scene she's where a palpatine she has a power <laughs> of persuasion i guess <laughs> yeah um, but no, I, I like that that scene really is just about her and ending just with her that it, cause they, they give you the, the, you know, return of the Jedi ending where everyone's celebrating all over the galaxy. And I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. they're going to fucking, you know, like right then. And they didn't, we got like a decent fucking adult coda scene at the end there. And I'm like, it just, it felt better. It felt way more satisfying to have just a quiet scene with just her where she really has to sort of think like, who do you want to be? Like, what, what, what name are you going to take? You know, rise of which Skywalker. All right. Well, you clearly have bucked the trend of becoming your destiny and have decided who you want to emulate. And it's, it's these two, it's this brother and sister. This is, this is the legacy that uh, you have chosen. So in, in a way to me, it's like, yeah, JJ wanted to retcon that from what Ryan Johnson did, but it's still, it doesn't undo what he was trying to get at that. Yeah. You can choose your own path. You can choose who you want to be. You're not, uh, it's not, you know, like, uh, Oh, Ray, I'm your grandfather. No, search your feelings. You know, it to be true. Like it, it, yeah. it, there is that, well, but they blow past it pretty quick to what really matters, which is, which is what she chooses. I just wish I like, I, I, and I really like that last scene. My, my one note would have been, when she was asked, just say, just Ray, like, I'm, you know, just because I, like, I, you know, Rise of Skywalker is the title, you have to serve the title, but I mean, you kind of told that story with Ben, Um, and I would have loved the idea to be like, no, well, you know, and that could have been a way of having your cake and eating it too, with the whole, you know, I'm just Ray from nobody rising up to be something, it's like, no, I am going to, I'm, you know, and because she did really make it on her own, like she didn't do anything with with the help of Palpatine. Sure, she had force sensitivity. She could just have it. Have uh, but that same first name as last name. What's your name? Ray Ray. You know that that. <laughs> I, I knew someone or, or just, that actually a long time ago. Yeah, that's that's horrible to do your child. Why would you do that? Um, yeah, I, I, we had a customer at my old store named Steven Stevens, and I'm just like Jesus Christ, man! Like this poor kid was from, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, or just you know, hey, I'm 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 Ray. Ray, what? Uh, Ray, you know, Ray from the Resistance. Like, you, you know, throw that theme park line in. Like, I, I just really like that idea, and I wish they would have. They could have paid homage to it while still. They could have had their cake and eat it, and ate it too. Like, yeah. I just feel like it's weird to be like, no, I am part of this other dynastic bloodline. She's like, but, see, there's I mean, my whatever. mom and dad over there. Who are you talking to? You can't. You don't see them. <laughs> No, like, what's 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 your full name? Uh, I'm Ray from the Block. There you go. All right, that settles it. All right, it's Canada now. Ray from the Block. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, but but no, and a great ending. When the, we know, um, 
when I, when I mentioned I want to talk about bias, you know, we we uh, we have our different biases, of course, from who we are, who we grew up as, uh, socioeconomic background, gender, race, ethnicity, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, when I was in community college, I took a class on art evaluation. One of the things they tell you, uh, teach you about, tell you about, is of course how to recognize your own bias and how to be aware of it in a way that it doesn't kind of get in the way of things that you might otherwise like or vice versa. Um, and the biggest thing more than all those other factors that have been there with you your entire life is just your mood in any given moment when you're interacting with art or experiencing a film. Uh, and I went to go see this with, with Ash, which came out to visit this weekend. Uh, and, and we, we both liked it a lot. Although I don't know that her being there influenced my impression of it because we're, you know, we're sitting in a dark theater. We're not conversing about it as it's happening. Um, but I was curious to, to ask you, you know, you, you said you went and saw it Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Is that mm-hmm. right? Did you? Christmas Eve, yeah. Christmas yeah. Eve, yeah. Did you go with anybody or did you go by yourself? Well, no, I went with my fiance and her brother, gotcha. um, okay. my fiance who, hate, who hates Star Wars or, yeah. you know, just couldn't be bothered. She was just, I, I, she came along, you know, dutifully. It was, it was nice of her. Right. So um, Star and Wars her brother, is the kind of movie a, that, you know, guys have to force women to go watch apparently is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Most, most of the time. <laughs> um, but her brother's, you know, he's like in his forties and he's a lifelong Star Wars fan and he, and he loved it, but he's, you know, he's not, uh, he's not like, you know, into the critical like aspects of like how a film's written and stuff like it's like oh no i liked it you know there's there's stuff right there's stuff from the old one and i like you know like but again and then it's totally valid so you didn't you didn't get any like terrible news right before you went into the movie that like just put you in a bad no 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 frame of mind i was like that no again like i and i was in that seat i was like and the second the opening crawl hit or like that fanfare hit i was like in like that that's Mm -hmm. like a, a pavlovian like I'm fucking in like I'm back in the star, you know, like I was right. ready to love this movie and I just, I just felt, it felt like empty calories. A lot of it. Hmm. And again, I just, parts of it I really liked. And I think we highlighted a lot. I mean, we fucking talked for three hours. We definitely highlighted a lot of things. I think we both liked, but I just, at the end of the day, I don't <clears throat> think it was the right sequel to this trilogy. Like, I don't think it was the right cap to this trilogy. And then by proxy to the whole, st- and, and I think it was weird to kind of frame it marketing wise as the, end to the star wars saga i think that also put undue burdens on the script to fucking tie in all the shit that it didn't have to tie into like i think that was another issue yeah. with the marketing probably from disney you know overlords where it was like oh you have to end this epic nine episode side it's like no just make a fucking sequel to the movie you're sequelizing like tell the conclusion of this <laughs> right. logical three movie story that you've been telling like ah, i don't know but like you know i, I just feel to me it felt like a missed opportunity um and and also the fact that they have set release dates it's like don't fucking don't come up with release dates before you come up with films and premises like that's beyond idiotic you're putting a gun to your head for no reason marvel did that but they have so much more source material to pull from that it's like it's it's almost impossible to fuck up it's Uh, pre-written basically unless you just do like terrible casting um, which they've almost never done with marvel um (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll, marvel you have to say it (laughs) It was implied. <laughs> we all were thinking was, it. We all were thinking it. leave it left unsaid for the fans who know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's about. not a sexist. Art. I, I just don't think she's a good actor in those movies, especially in the in the no. Avengers movie. I just she only just because sucks it, the it energy out of like, the room. I don't know it, what it, it is. It seems like she doesn't want to be there, and that's the only thing that hurts it. Is that it's not that she you plays can't like Doctor Manhattan, which is not who that character's supposed to be. 
Right. And it's not as though you can't have like a callous, uncaring character that still kicks ass. It's just, it's just she doesn't seem like she wants to be there. And and we've talked before about who we, you know, who at least who I think should have been cast had it been offered to her, you know, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that that's possible. But I, I always thought Evan Rachel Wood would have played a much, much better Captain Marvel. Oh, she, I mean, so much better. You look um, at her performance as Dolores. She's like, she would have fucking killed it. But yeah. Yeah. So it, just final thoughts on this, because we're we're past the three hour mark and I, we got another review <laughs> after this. Uh, I, you know, at the end of the day, what I want from a fi- any film is to make me forget I'm watching a film. And anytime a movie can make me feel emotion enough to like get a little weepy, right. Or just be like, Oh shit, the mm-hmm. movie's doing the thing to me that I didn't think it was going to be possible at this age, you know, uh, then it's doing something right through whatever mechanism that is or combination of mechanisms that is where I'm not like, Oh, that was a stupid thing. Instead, I'm feeling like, holy shit, this is the most Star Wars ever. <laughs> like the, the music's <laughs> fucking hit me. And what's happening is, it, you know, at least ostensibly making sense. And the stakes are higher. And this fucking character is finally like the character arcs are coming together in a way that doesn't feel forced. Um, and, and, you know, I'm actually like scared about who's going to die or who, you know, like everything, everything felt back legitimate. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, you know, uh, and it, and it did all that. And if it can do all that to somebody like me who has been to film school and knows all the fucking, you know, the, the look behind the curtain to figure out how they did it all, you know, like I, I know all that and it's really hard to enjoy any film because I know how they make the magic happen. Um, if you can do that, then I'm like, all right, I don't, I'm not going to quibble over it. I felt things. I felt emotions. <laughs> and that's, that's more than yeah. 99% of films can do. Um, and I, and I deliberately didn't want to go in there with an expectation that it was going to be good or bad. I already heard mixed things. And I thought, well, it's uh, anyone's game at this point. And I walked out of there feeling really fucking impressed, uh, more yeah. so than you. And I, you know, I, I could be in a totally different frame of mind going into it. Or I could have seen myself going into a different frame of mind, watching that film and coming out and being way more critical. But for whatever reason I went in and it was just, I was blown away. It just hit like, you the is, perfect way at you, that moment. So yeah, I even, I even, you know, theorized on our last podcast, we talked about how much you didn't like it, that you were trying to like, like fake me out and set me up to like it way more than I would have otherwise by telling me how much you didn't like it. <laughs> that might've actually happened, you know, in, in, yeah, I might've yeah, done so, that by so accident. I was like, well, he, he fucking hated it. So I have a, 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 a little brain where my head telling me to like everything I'll, I see. <laughs> so I'll, I'll also say, I've, I think it's grown on me a little bit since my initial, cause I left that theater like pissed. Like what the fuck did they just do? Like Jesus Christ. Um, but, and I think I've calmed down since, but there's also things that I've gotten more narratively mad about, like more mad about in terms of decisions they made stuff we've talked about on the show. I, yeah. I think I've come to terms with it and just been like, all right, well, I mean, you know, just, it just wasn't for me, I guess, you know, I, I, and I appreciate that people like it and that it was very much more in service of the fans. I just don't feel that it challenged me in a way that, you know, that the last Jedi challenged me or that the way that yeah. I, I want film to challenge my, and I think my that perceptions was, of that what was, the movie is going to be. Yeah. I, I think that was the job that the last film was supposed to do was to challenge convention. And, you know, this one, if you look at it as the, the ninth installment, out of all of them is the one where I expect it to be the least challenging and to just wrap it all up in a way that is satisfying 
and it did that. And I'm, I'm, you know, everyone, like I, like I mentioned, people said, well, if you like Last Jedi, you're going to hate this one, and if you hated Last Jedi, you're going to love Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I don't think that's true. And I, I was like, I could see that dichotomy being very true, and it just wasn't for me. I just liked them fucking both for what they both did well. Um, and I, and they're definitely different films, but I mean, I, I think you can, you can very easily like or hate. I mean, there's people that just hate the new Disney movies. Which yeah. Are, you know, if I, mean, I if, if you, you just took, if you took the director's names off all three movies <laughs> and just said, Hey, here's a, here's a space trilogy. I could watch all three of them and be like, cool. Uh, was that the same director for all of them or three different directors? I don't know. And I don't care because the story for the most part, from what I saw, what made it onto the print itself without any confirmation of, of what may or may not have happened behind the scenes, which I can't know because I wasn't in any of those meetings was that they, they did it right. Right. They did it better than the original trilogy in a lot of ways. I mean, certainly not as creative because they weren't, people are going to murder you for saying that. Yeah, I think that's just like, it's just it's, it's purely I'm not executed it's better. It's just done better. Right. And, and that may be a fault in and of itself is it's just not as creative. They're just executing the same thing over again a little bit better, sure. but it, it, you know, I'm not even going to mention the prequels, but it is, <laughs> no, it, you it, shall not be named. Sure. The prequels. There's a great video you should watch. It's about, it's, it's a long one. It's a, like a 35 minute long, longer well, than this podcast. Well-researched critique, uh, of how Disney has weaponized, um, nostalgia. Right. And oh, definitely true. The, the guy does a great job of like, kind of being like, here's how, why I can't enjoy star Wars. Cause I know too much about how they manipulate us emotionally. And he's like talking about how that's terrible. And I'm like, I know it's terrible, but it's still like I had a good time. <laughs> so where do you, where look, do you, look, uh, baby Yoda's a fucking nostalgia H bomb. I mean, there's no question sure. that that's what baby Yoda is there for, but it fucking works. And mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with that if you do it right. And I, and I, and again, I think a lot of stuff in this movie worked for me. It just felt yeah. it, too you know, much like it was trying to constantly serve the fans and not serve well, the story. If like, it didn't, my people would fucking hate it even more. So, you know, if, if you're not there, if you're not going to spend $10 to go sit in a theater and be the emotionally manipulated, why do you go to the movies in the first place? You know, that's what you I want. I just think, like, don't baby your audience. Like, you know, like, that's, you know, the whole thing was, like, the whole thing with The Force Awakens was it, you know, it didn't really challenge anybody. It was fun. It was fun. And it was like, you know, you left the theater like, oh, that was good. You know, it was basically a new hope, but it was fun. And Last Jedi was definitely not like the New Hope or anything else in the Star Wars, you know, saga. Really, I mean, unless you want to talk about like you know, anthology films that were very different in in tone, but um, and ever and like half the audience loved it, and half the audience shit their fucking diapers about it. And you can not like that movie, but there was a segment of the audience that really just shat their diaper about it because it was like, this is not pressing my nostalgia button this is not what i wanted and it was challenging as a film and i just really think you could have still told a satisfying story with this movie while still hitting those nostalgia points without serving the audience as much as you're serving the story while giving the audience satisfying conclusions and i think like we talked about it and even agreed upon a lot of little tweaks they could have made to scenes that would have I think served both of those goals and like yeah. made the movie a better film. I just, without, I, I, I didn't walk out of there feeling like there was anything lost. Um, I didn't, I feel like at that point I'd just be nitpicking it and I would be depreciating 
what I did enjoy. So uh, I'm I might never even go watch it again. I might never watch it a second time because I enjoyed. I'm, my I first have to watch it again. I'm, I'm hoping I I can trick myself at the, or I can I can convince myself to like it more upon. So I'm 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 probably gonna go see it in the theater. I don't think you need to trick like yourself. I think it'll just you know it'll it'll read differently too. Um, I I would never read the book Fight Club because I love the movie so much. Not because I don't think either one is Looks both very good. good. I just don't want to have like have a like the a memory that mixes together, right? I want a pure experience of just the movie forever, and I never want to infringe mm-hmm. upon that. And even Chuck Palahniuk even said like the movie's just better than my book. Oh, it's better than the movie's. <laughs> the book is very good. The movie is is phenomenal. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, and he yeah, even on the commentary probably. track uh, told that to the screenwriter on the on the. Um, you know, the, the author slash screenwriter commentary and the screenwriter was like blown away by that. And he's like, kind of, kind of timid. And he's like, I've never heard any author say that before. <laughs> it's like, well, is Chuck Paul. Yeah. Happened. Stephen King, what he, he thinks about the ego. shining. I don't Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. But no, I mean, again, I think, any, I think anyone, you know, if you're still listening at, 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 this is longer than the entirety of the Skywalker saga at this point. But so if you're still listening and, you know, you like the movie or if you didn't like the movie, uh, you know, that those are both valid, uh, you know, things to think. And there's the, the great thing about this is, is it is subjective at the end of the day. And I think we both, you know, made our, our our case made our you know, we've both both laid out our depositions and our closing arguments. And um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, people are going to like it or not like it for how they want to. And again, it's like the story's never going to really end. They keep saying it's the end of the Skywalker side. It's fucking bullshit. You know, they're going to do a sequel. Like they set up 15 sequels in this movie. There's no way there's not a Disney plus series about Jana and the sequel with Ray and maybe a fucking Disney plus series with Finn. Uh, probably not one with Poe because he seems not interested in ever returning to the Star Wars universe, but we'll see uh, if the money's, if the money truck is big enough, we'll see. Um, <laughs> And, you know, if they back, there's, there's only so many millions they could put. There are only so many zeros they could put at the end of a check before you're just like, yeah, you know, fuck my principles. I mean, I need, you know, I got kids. I got to fucking put them in college. Hey, you, you can um, go fund your own indie film. Um, you know, the Steve Buscemi took the, the paycheck he got from appearing as a cameo in Con Air. And he went and wrote and directed a film called Trees Lounge, which is one of the best. Really? 90s indie films I've ever seen. Yeah, check it out if you haven't already. Uh, he's great in Con Air in. too, by the way. He, like he's super fucking funny in Con. Oh, Air. yeah, but it's kind of just like oh, he's a he's I like mean, it's, a, it's a it's a bad movie, but he's great. Then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, you know you can you can you can take that money that the you know the the forces of you pay, give you take some of the mouse's money yeah. and go and make a really good piece of art with it. You know, just do it. I'd, I I I I know it wouldn't work timeline wise, but I just love to see him show up with uh with with uh pedro on the mandalorian because they actually have a really good like real life friendship so it'd be just really cool i think those two characters Steve would really get along and pedro pascal <laughs> no uh, f- fucking poe and and pedro pascal uh, ah, gotcha oscar isaac and pedro they they seem like they would just vibe really well on screen together so i don't know i obviously couldn't work unless you do old man mando that'd be kind of cool um yeah but no, he's going to have to die tragically, and Baby Yoda is going to pick his helmet up in a reflection of the boba and Jenny. All right, and, all right. Yeah. Time to log off, nurse. <laughs> uh, man. Um, yeah, well, uh, and again, so yeah, uh, I think, you know, <laughs> what, what would you give this uh, out of five uh, hammer and sickles? Mm, I'll give it a four. Yeah. All right, that's fair. 
I'm just, I'm just I'm trying not to be a dick. I, I want to give it a two. Uh, I'll give it a two and a half. No, I'll give it. Fuck it. I'll give it a two. It's, it's all subjective and it doesn't. The, the scales don't mean anything anyway. It's just our own. But I, I'll give it a two. That could have been a th- that could have been a three and a half with some minor tweaks. If they would have taken your notes ahead of time, you know, they they could have gotten. A no, if they just would have thought about a lot more logical way to tell the story, like you know that 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 tracked with the characters and wasn't actually just fan yeah. fanboys fucking pop in the audience like whatever. I mean, we're not the we've beaten this horse. We've beaten I, the space horse to death enough. I think. Yeah, the, the the fans aren't hating it because they got too much fan service. I'll tell you that, but. All right, no, no, we got to go. They got a ton of fan service. They, this, we this, this made all the people who hated Last Jedi fucking thrill. Another Star Wars thing after we're done with this. So um, hopefully it'll be the last time we have to talk about Star Wars at all for a very long time. Because I'm for I'm a little, year at least. Until- I'm a little burned out, which is okay because we should be because we've been oversaturated with with all things. Uh, yeah. Thanks to Disney. Um, yeah. Go play so, Fallen yeah. Order. Way better. Way better than this, <laughs> than this movie. It's a great fucking story, that game. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think that about does it for us uh, this week. Uh, uh, yeah, obviously, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you want to help the show out. Uh, go check out our, our uh, political podcast that we do every Thursday, Move Left Idiots, same feed that you're finding this in. SoundCloud.com slash Move Left. Facebook.com slash Move Left Idiots. Um, sorry uh it's fucking late folks uh patreon we're on patreon if you want to support the show that way patreon.com slash move left uh tinyurl.com slash move left merch if you want to pick up any merch from the show i am on twitter at move underscore left uh, and i'm on twitter it's muck pleasure with an er not an or thank you america okay. we'll see you next time